I couldn't really come up with anything to come in with today, John. So what I want to do is we're going to do an experiment to see if we can open up a space-time portal. You know what I mean? Okay. And so what we're going to do is we're going to play two songs at the exact same time. And whenever I say go, I want you to press play on yours, okay? Ready. All right. Three, two, one, go. to make it to the chorus for this. Somehow, Five Finger Death Punch has sped up and got past Kenny Wayne Shepherds, I think. Yeah, it was syncopated. Like, the, the tempo wasn't... On one of them, wasn't... Um, that was it, pure torture. They didn't record it to a metronome. That was pure torture, am I right? That was awesome torture. Yeah, you want to turn it back up, or... I think the, is it so... How close is it? Are we right up? I think we did it. Oh my god. It synced up. What are the odds? I want to kill myself. Oh, God. Okay. Shwamo, tis I, the prince of podcasting, the bipolar rock and roller, the sultan of slits, the godfather of gash, the genetic jackhammer, the king of all media. Episode 179 of the world's greatest podcast. Pillow Fort Radio slash the Don Blankenship Experience. The world's number one alt-right Christian podcast. And we're also anti-pedophilia 
We're the most anti-pedophilia. The most. Uh, I'm not sure that you could be any more anti-pedophilia. No. We're a pro-anti-pedophilia. No, it would open up a wormhole. Just like we tried to do there with, with the playing of those songs, if you want to call them that. Those songs, those artists are anti-pedophilia too, but not as much as us. No, no. no. I mean, even put, I mean, we're, we're the, we're the New York Yankees and they are, I don't know how closely you kept tabs of local, um, minor league sports, but they would be the Charleston Wheelers. I see. From the, uh, eighties and perhaps nineties. All the way up to the early 2000s when I believe they became the Alley Cats. The Alley Cats? And now they're the West Virginia Power. Why can't they just stick with a damn name? I don't know. They used to be the Charlies in, in the early days. Anyway, joining me as always is the um, – okay, I'm trying to think of a, a uh, an R name. The Ronnie James Dio of Regenerative Farming – Woo! <laughs> the Ric Flair of regenerative farming. Uh, the Dirty Shame, Juna, the world's greatest pig farmer. That is John, what's your middle name? Winston? Lewis. Lewis Morgan. Why did I, I knew that. Yeah. I had to know that. I'm also the, the, the world champion um, claw machine. The world champion of the claw machine. Did you win that competition? Yeah, I've, I've never lost. Now, whenever, when it, during this claw machine competition, was it a lot like over the top where everybody was really sweaty and oiled up? Um, no, it was, I mean, not, not as much, but it, it was, um, you know, it was a pretty dingy environment. Think bowling alley. Yeah, yeah. Not so, not so much, um, not so much like sweaty human slaughterhouse, like over the top. <laughs> More like just classic dingy bowling alley. <laughs> sweaty human slaughterhouse. Writing that down, if you'll excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, I mean, I can, I can, I can tell you. You know, I can take one look at a machine and tell you which animals I can get, and if you can get an animal out of it, or if the machine needs to be fluffed. Every time you've done it, you've you've pulled something out. Usually, um, I've never lost in competition. Oh, going against another person, right? I've never lost a competition, but I there have been times um, they do sometimes occur where I w- will put a quarter or two quarters in and um, come up empty-handed. But that's right rare. On. Right on. That's usually just if I'm if I'm when I'm training. And really trying, really trying to dig in there and get those, those. Well, yeah, you go to the toughest machine. Go to the ones in there where I'm trying. I'm del- deliberately trying to pull one of those fl- fluffy bunny rabbits up. Oh, you can you can hardly even get. He, old. He's obviously pinned, yeah. and there's no way I can get him. But I'm still going to practice at it because yeah, it's like a, the journey is the goal. It's like uh, billiards. They they practice on um, on uh, tables where the the uh, holes are a little bit smaller, right? Or pugilists. Um, they'll, they'll box against somebody. Uh, oh, I'm calling boxers pugilists now. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, the, whenever what, wait, wait, what's pugilist mean? It's a boxer. It's, Just I don't know why we could look it up, certainly, but they, uh, of course, uh, they, they, they use the focus mitts because they're smaller than a guy's head. And of course, the guy, the, um, they wear the headgear whenever they're training and they, they have a smaller space to hit. Well, and focus mitts is a good example because, Neither mid is in the cent- is on the center line, so you're having to punch off the center line. Yeah. It's harder to hit mitts, you know, than it is someone's head just sitting there. Yeah, especially not knowing where they're going to be. Yeah, well, you got the movement factor in there, and the fact that you're when you punch to the right, you have to punch further to the left, and it forces you to learn angles, I guess. 
Yeah. I've never really hit the mitts before. I'd like to. I, I, I haven't hit, either. I've worn a heavy bag out. I That's what I'm saying. I, wanna f- I was hoping to f- find a like a little boxing gym. Just something. There used me. to be one. Just uh, say Glasgow. Glasgow. There, Poland and Burke had a box gym and a jiu-jitsu gym, but I guess it just went out. <laughs> the sign's still up. Maybe the, the, the mats are still in there. You can just go in there and. Well, then there also used to be one. I used to play baseball with a kid uh, who had a his dad had a boxing gym in Montgomery, a little black kid. Hmm. But I can't remember his name. Yeah, Montgomery should have a boxing gym. That's what we need to do. We, one of us needs to become really good at boxing and open a boxing gym. <laughs> so that what we got to do is come first. You take twenty five. All you years. have to do is become really good at boxing. Yeah, it's 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 a, a dedication. That will last your entire life, and you should have started when you were seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the thing, like, um, like I, you know, I know striking because of karate and all the, you know, martial arts that I've studied over the years. But the way that you throw a karate punch or a street fighter, you know, just a self-taught punch is a little bit different from boxing. Like, there's little tricks. The way they generate power is different. Like in karate, when you're throwing a what they call a reverse punch, which is like a straight cross in boxing, you're you're using your your feet and your whole hips. Most of the power, 90% of the power in the punch is all being directed onto two knuckles, but it's being generated by the, your hip rotation. Yeah, but boxers <coughs> generate power more from their feet. Yeah, and angles. They, they mm-hmm, and, and, and circular motion and, or straight motion. You know, there's, it's just, it's something that is a, it, it'd be like a culture shock thing. It'd be like, you know, if you did study karate your whole life and then you tried to learn boxing striking, it's like you have to unlearn. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like speaking, learning a new language. Yeah, yeah. It's forget it, forget everything. You know that's what Rogan says whenever he started uh, in kickboxing fights because he had done uh, taekwondo, which is lower body. You don't kick to the head, and you can do spinning attacks. And there's not really a lot of punching in it. And then he went up against a um, a Muay Thai fighter. And he was like, I didn't know. Uh, it was like I was a child. Yeah. So I, I had to forget everything I knew yeah. and start start with that. And then he saw UFC 1 where Hoist Gracie went in there. It's like, I, uh, again. It doesn't matter. You have to forget everything you know. Yeah. You go to that. If you don't have any ground game, you're striking. Probably won't help you. Yeah. I, I was listening to a podcast with Michael Bisping, who I did not like when I first started watching MMA. But now I love him. Yeah, he seems like somebody you would, you know, kind of the, um, he's almost like the heel yeah, in a way. A, and then, He's a working class hero type of guy. But he's, he's, he's always speaks his mind and talks shit and he's funny. Yeah, and he's great. But he, he's, a, he's a redneck, basically. Yeah, he, he might be considered that in England. But he said uh, he started off in Japanese jiu-jitsu. And he said essentially what well, Japanese jiu-jitsu is everything. It's striking, it's uh, nunchucks. He said it's actually MMA, but then and it was the original martial art, and then everybody came and picked what they wanted out of it and perfected that. And gave it different of, names. Gave it different names and modified. I'd, I'd it. love to see professional nunchuck and bow staff fighting. Oh God, the fights wouldn't last very long, would I, they? <laughs> I, would want to, I, don't, I don't want to see anybody get. So, so no size or samurai swords. No or stabbing, just bludgeoning. Yeah, bludgeoning with helmets and. Gear. I've never seen any, anybody actually use them. I mean, I mean, I've seen the movies, but I want to see what that actually looks like in real life. 
I watched this thing on YouTube where it was like comparing the sword to the spear and they had all these like professional like swordsmen had all different kinds of swords and they had like armor, fencing gear on so you could actually sort of attack. And they were using plastic swords, but they were, you know, really trying to attack each other. And it, they did sword versus spear. And guys who had trained a lot on the sword against other guys who had never used a spear in their life and the spear won like um more than you know more than half the time yeah word spear because you got such just a long a, reach it's just such a fundamental it's just it's 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 one of the only weapons or tools that's part of every single culture that has ever existed everyone has used a spear it's like the most basic things i got this stick put a sharp rock on the front of it now I can get, you know, now I can, I can chuck defend it. myself. I can thrust with it. I can hunt. I can defend myself against predators or other can use wrongdoers. walking stick. Against the evildoers, the terrorists. You can use spears against terrorists. Terrorists. You can use them against we gotta smoke dolphins. Them out. We got to smoke them out. You can use them to kill whales. To kill mockingbirds. And that's why we're here today. Atticus Finch, one of the, one of the greatest characters in... In literature, wouldn't you agree? Why, yes. He's the white savior. That's why we all have a white savior complex. Yeah. I I, I like sticking up f- for people who didn't ask me to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, conspicuous by his absence is uh, Charles uh, Maynard James Keenan. The sentient, uh, the sentient white mountain. The uh, the gorilla, the vanilla gorilla. The uh, the mountain of sentience. The uh, sentient barrel. Former intercontinental champion. He's not with us. He, uh, I regret to say, he he took too much kratom and he died. No, I don't want to say that. But that is what actually what happened, though. I wanted to, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to soften it a little bit. Sorry, uh, I, I, I'm I'm terrible. <laughs> You're just like the doctor that just blunt and breaks the news. Um, no, he's just not here. He uh, got called into work or something. I don't know. Maybe he's uh, he might. He does this every now and then. Usually, he tries to get it on a day we don't have the podcast scheduled. He does an all day masturbation marathon. Yeah, it's just like it's like once once the the train's just, rolling, just edging all like, day. He doesn't come until it's like, midnight. Look, I'm 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 about forty percent into this thing. And there's no way that I can stop this train for two hours to do a show. Yeah, I mean, and I said you can, you can masturbate here in front of us. Just don't make eye contact while you do it. Yeah, and try not to come on my table. And yeah, don't don't do it at a job interview. Not again. Or, yeah, was a guy I went to the doctor and he's reading his chart. He said, "Man, you need to quit masturbating." And I said. Why is it? Because I'm in here. Imagine if if, if col- our culture was more like that. It's just it'd be like normal for me just to be sitting here. Just, yeah, just don't mind. I'm just taking care of something. And then walk over to the trash can and finish. And I'd just be like, oh, yeah, it looked like you were getting a little swollen down there. It's like, yeah, sorry, guys. I had to take care of that. Every now and then you got to pound it out. Does, yeah. Is there a culture like that? I mean, I'd now? say there's tribal cultures where you know, it would not be a big deal to jack off in front of your, your tribesmen. I can imagine that. It, yeah, there probably is. I mean, there are still people have sex in front of each other in, in other cultures. There are still be different? what we call undiscovered cultures. People in deep in the jungle and stuff. Hell yeah that that makes that makes me like want to become an anthropologist or something. Cause I want to meet the new people and see and experience that thrill. Are they going to spear me? 
brings the spear back into it. Because they're going to have spears. They're 100% going to have spears. I guarantee. I guarantee. Whoa. Was that the frugal gourmet there? I guarantee. I guarantee. Uh, there was some pictures a few years ago of a helicopter flying over in some Amazonian uh, wetland or rainforest. That's what it's called. And there were people like with paint on and stuff, like sticking out, like with their spears drawn back. They'd never seen a helicopter before. Yeah. And they didn't know what the fuck was going on. And they wouldn't dare land because they would get probably get killed. They'd probably never seen white people before. Jaws on the floor like Pam and Tommy just walked through the door. That was Eminem. (laughs) (laughs) There's some island somewhere. And there's these like Cardinal Island. These these little like the tribesmen there are like like they're like pretty much like black black in skin tone. And they're like really, really they're not blue on black. They're like no, not blue on black. Mm. Maybe, maybe a little blue in there. I don't know. Doesn't bring you back. I haven't said it. But they're like four to five feet tall, like like really short. But they're like really militaristic, and it's like and it's like they've got. I saw like videos where like someone was just like coming in close on a boat, and they were like launching spears at them, and like shooting bows at them. If like or if you a helicopter comes through, like they will attack it. That's awesome. They're like we and it's like any white person that's ever. Or anybody, I guess, that's ever foreign or that's ever set foot on the island has been attacked or killed. That's tremendous. And they've, so and they've like had a- they've had basically no contact with the outside world other than maybe we've probably dropped some stuff for them. Maybe people so dropped the, them clothes or what's something. What's going to happen whenever they want to develop that land? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Because eventually everything's going to get developed. I guess the same thing that always happens to an indigenous culture whenever somebody wants to change their home. They get killed or they get moved out. Or they get, like, left alone, but they have, there's, like, some compromise that's reached that's later broken. We, <laughs> no, we, I'm, try, I'm trying to get into this. Since Chuck's not here, we got to get into this. Yeah, we got to. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, I mean, but it is true. He does have a lot a lot of points. But uh seems to be his main talking point um, when it comes to Trump is how he doesn't like uh, the, the engines. Well, he doesn't like. No, he he's got all kinds of talking points about why he doesn't like Trump. And, and you know what? They're all pretty right. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, usually, I don't know. I think, I think he's so he hates him so much that it's like his bias takes away from his ability to, you know, what I mean, That's to true. make arguments against Trump. It's because it's like, you know, he he's just so there's just so much, uh, so much umbrage there that. Yeah, it moves. Well, it, it moves from the rational into the emotional sphere, and so it's. Yeah, he's he's hated him for so long. He's always like, hated him. I never, I never thought, like when we started this show. You remember the first episode? You were here. Um, I never thought we'd be talking about Donald Trump at all. Because yeah. I've never talked about Donald Trump. Yeah, before. that's crazy to think about. How long? It was three I'd, years ago. I had never spent an, a minute of my time thinking about Donald Trump. No, I, just, I, I knew just, who he was I peripherally. I vaguely knew who he was. And like every now yeah. and then there'd be a sketch on Saturday Night Live. Daryl Hammond would do the impression. Oh, that's great. Okay, but yeah. Now it's 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 every day. I did not want this. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty burnt out on them. It's fun sometimes. I like, mean, it, uh, I mean, like the, his the, big brain and the, all that stuff. The jokes keep rolling in, and I'm going to keep uh, you know absorbing them. I'm not. It's not like I'm. It's making me physically ill or anything, but it's just. Today, we're only two years in. I know there's there could be a lifetime. Another, to go. There could be another six years of this. I mean, uh, uh, according like to everybody, save your, save your load. According to everybody that knows him, 
he's going to somehow make it to where he's president for life. So this could be a whole lifetime. That was yeah. That was one funny thing I kept seeing today with that with the alert, the presidential alert thing. Yeah, they've been the, able to do that forever. It's like yeah, and everybody's like, oh yeah, Trump's you know Trump's doing this. It's like Trump. First of all, FEMA's doing it. Yeah, and maybe Trump requested that they do it. It just said but presidential. The alert reason why they have all of our phone numbers and have chips so that they can monitor everything we're doing, and and is is all post nine eleven NSA you know, NDAA Patriot Act police state bullshit. You know that's that was put in place by. You know, Brett Kavanaugh was uh, one of the was on the thing. For, wrote the Patriot Act, helped write the Patriot uh, Act. Yeah. That's one reason why I don't. I don't think he should be in. Uh, obviously, because of that. Well, but, I saw a meme that was like, when when uh, when most people envision the Supreme Court, and it's got a picture of the, all the Supreme Court members. And it's like when I think of the su- Supreme Court, and it's the the Nazgul, the nine Nazgul. From Fellowship of the Ring, the, ring, okay. the wraith horse riding people that are just like evil ghosty motherfuckers. And that's kind of the way I feel. It's like, oh, okay, so we're going to get this Nazgul on the Supreme Court seat instead of this other Nazgul to sit with the other Nazguls on the Supreme Court of the United States. Yeah, it's like, to me, it's just like, uh, I, I can't imagine what is the, the Supreme- somebody actually picking somebody decent for that position. The Supreme Court's main function is to rule whether something is or isn't constitutional, right? So that's supposed to be what it is. Yeah, they're not to, supposed to, to make law. They're they're supposed to make decisions that ultimately become federal law. The laws are based on decisions. Now, the last make. major one was the gay marriage thing that I remember. Right? Um, there might have been other ones. I don't pay attention to this shit. No, yeah, it's pretty fuzzy. I mean, I know yeah that that happened, but like an example, like the Roe Roe versus Wade is one that's. I'm just I'm so tired of the the abortion thing just running people's political discussions as if that's the only thing that's going on. You know what I mean? All you have to do if you want to if you want to derail a potentially good political conversation is just bring up abortion and communication just shuts down between people. You know what I mean? It just becomes us versus them and Yeah, it's uh I mean, I guess I'm pro choice of of Paid for dozens of, upon dozens of abortions. Oh, we've. I think we've talked. I've talked. I've made my arguments for this on the show. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's. You a, know, the that thing doesn't have a right to that woman's body. Yeah, it's just right. like even if even if the the fetus is a human being with constitutional rights, that doesn't entitle them to use the person to tear blow a hole in their vagina and use their kidneys and their and take all their nutrition from them and make them. You know, you're not entitled to the use of another person's body, even if you're. Uh, a United States citizen. So she she wants that person. It's her body. Woman own, a woman owns her own body and a man owns his own body. To a point. To what point? Well, we have to sign up for selective service when we turn 18. Well, so we still, <laughs> you, whether that right is violated or yeah, not, we, you still own yourself. Yeah, I know. It, it still gets violated. But yeah. Is that some sort of female privilege that they don't have to do that? I would say so. Yes, it's a little bit. They got we, uh, more than a little bit. We got a little bit of oppression on them there. I well, mean, we've got a fair amount. I mean, um, there's lots of things. At where, any time, we could be made to fight in a war. Well, well, how about this one? This is one that I, I think I maybe talked on the, on the show about this. I can't remember, but uh, is is calorie privilege? Calorie privilege. Calorie privilege. See, we all have to eat to stay alive, but women only need to eat about 66, about two-thirds or so to 75% of, of, I think it's two-thirds of what we need to eat. 
Now, is that depending on the activity? Of calories. No, just, just as a generalization, the average man versus the average woman. On average, women don't need to eat as much as we do, but yet men have to pay the same price for their food. That is insane. You know, that's right. So, women should actually be paying more <laughs> for their food. You know, if we're going to be equal... I mean, if you want to put it on the scale, if you really want things to be equal, let's really get down to it. Uh, okay, so that, I guess that means we need to do something about the fact that more men die on the job because they work more dangerous jobs, and we need to have well, more women, women die. Well, can't get those jobs. They don't seek those jobs. Oh, that's what it is? Well, that's, that's, well the whole wage gap thing, have you ever looked Oh, whoa, I, have, I've, I, railed, I railed on that one there, for yeah, a little bit. That's, that's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. There's no, there's no wage gap. Um, there might be a little bit of one if you got. No, I mean, but like really. two people get hired at Walmart. Neither of them have any experience. One's a woman, one's a man. They get paid the same. Um, men usually work far longer hours. Well, That's, they're comparing overall what yeah. you make, not what you make per hour, or not what you make. Not, men, men work between forty and eighty hours a week. What's also the thing is like men seek out positions like CEO or. Um, that, you know, we, it's just, it's just, we have a biological tendency to have more uh, of, of an impetus to do a certain, to do certain things. Like we have more of a desire to have a powerful position than a woman does. It doesn't mean that the women are being oppressed, but they're genuinely choosing to take jobs in nonprofits or this Here, or that. Here's, here's one. If corporations, any corporate, even mom and pop stores could legally get away with paying 73 cents on the dollar for a woman, no men would have jobs. If they could legally get away with that, you know, I don't know. Is the way to say that again? If corporations or any store, or whatever, could legally get away with paying 70, 73 cents on the dollar for women instead of men, uh-huh. they would. They wouldn't hire men. They if they yeah. could do the same thing exactly, unless it's like you know shoveling sand or something where a man would have an advantage. But yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um. But, um, and then there's other jobs like in wait, like in uh, waiting tables and in the service industry. Women, women do women make more better. money. Yeah. Women make more money on average in part time jobs as well. There's all kinds of examples where the wage that they've just skewed the numbers. And you can look up Jordan Peterson's arguments on the wage gap. I mean, it'll, if, if you still believe that there's that there's actually that that women are actually not getting paid as much as men for the same jobs, that's not true. It's not. I don't think so. I mean, when you compare apples to apples, uh, but if you, yeah, if, we men if on you, average. If you actually use real science and, and control for different. Why variables. would anybody do that, John? Jesus, titty fucking Christ! But um, what they did, I guess, with that study is compared to overall what you earned, and not yeah, not per hour, not hour, because usually dudes work 40, 50, 60, 80, whatever they can do. Well, and it's a simple fact that you're comparing. Obviously, um, somebody who is uh, in a high position in a in a cor- you know in the corporate ladder, or a CEO or whatever, obviously they're going to make m- more than someone who works in a nonprofit who doesn't you know who who didn't build their career based on amassing wealth yeah. or having a powerful position. So it's 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 not like women are being shut out of these positions so much. It's that they're choosing different paths. That's not that's not wage discrepancy. That's the that's just biological differences between men on average and women on average yeah. making different choices and choosing different professions based on what they're inclined to do. 
Yeah, with all the uh, the pipeline stuff going on, I see women now and then at the job sites. But you'd think if if a woman could run an excavator, and that, there are plenty that do. I've seen it. Can they? With their with their they, little, they have to get pedal extenders. Arms they have to get pedal extensions sometimes, but they absolutely can. I've seen it lots, but um, they would hire lots more if if that. Maybe they're not not being encouraged to go into that. I don't know. Well, I wasn't encouraged to go into running heavy heavy equipment. I wish I was. Yeah, but, um, I mean, certainly there's. I mean, certainly there are gender roles in our society that. You know, tell try to tell men how to act and try to tell women how to act, and and then that can be that can be unfair towards both of the sexes in different ways. For example, I'm not allowed to cry. I know. Or you know, if I cry, I'm a pussy. Like I'm, you know what I mean. There's there's all kinds of, um, or or just what's expected of you know what, what's expected of each other based on gender is kind of a problem. You know, it causes problems, but we're we're more equal now in 2018. We live in this culture where we have more privilege and more equality and more overall wealth and, and more opportunities and more diversity and more, you know, than, than ever in existence before. And people are still acting like it's worse than it was in the sixties really or are. it's worse. It's the, like, it's the worst that we've ever had it, that the, this, the, the social injustice is greater than it's ever been. It's like when the reverse is actually true. It's actually it's not even close. It's actually the best it's ever People been. People are on in the in the big picture. You know what I mean? People are far more accepting of almost everything except for pedophiles. And I get a feeling that that's coming. As I talk to myself, because John's up getting a beer. No, I'm listening. But you know what I mean? I feel like almost everybody's more accepting. Like in the late 90s, my dad uh, owned a bunch of um, apartment buildings and he had a little house there in Gully Bridge. And uh, a lesbian couple came and rented. And I, I'd never had like a, uh, a conversation with my dad about how he felt about gay people. This is not something that ever came up. I, I didn't know whether he liked or disliked or even cared. And. I asked him how he felt about the lesbian. I, like, I don't give a fuck what these people do. As long as they can pay the rent, they seem nice. Why do yeah, I care? They're not fucking up the house. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they're not black. Dad. No, he didn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> he actually rented a chuck back in the day. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Lived in the apartment building here. Yeah. Um, um, but people, almost everybody doesn't really give a shit about gay people. Like, one way or the other, I don't care. Why do I care what you do? No, there's a there's a vocal minority, you know, Christian minority or religious minority that is hateful towards you know towards gays and. Don't L- you think LGBT. some of that's just for show? Well, it's it's like a, it's it's a vocal minority. It just seems like they're know? they're holding on to it just because. Sort of like how weed's still illegal. Like if we if we legalize it, then we have to admit that we've been wrong for 70, 80 years, however long it's been. You know, I feel I mean, like they're just holding on to it just because it's a, sort of the last thing they got. I don't think they think about it that much. <laughs> You're probably right. I don't think they do. They're doing that much thinking. Not that, not saying that everyone who dislikes gays is an idiot, but I do think that it that they're generally not very smart people. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be a doesn't seem to be a wise man's game to care what other people do when they uh, 
when they're in their own house. Well, and it's absurd. And I mean, then there's there's uh, there's some nuance there. Like there are plenty of people that <clears throat> don't like the idea of homosexuality and think that it's immoral and 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 all this stuff. But just take a libertarian position and say, at the same time, as long as they're not impo- as long as they're not using violence or th- against other people in any way. You know what I mean? As long as they're not infringing on anyone else's right, it's none of my fucking. Yeah, business. you can not approve of something and I st- also I not might give think, a shit. I think it's gross, and I don't like gays. You could be like that, but but at the same time, it's none of my fucking business. There's a really easy way. I mean, if you think something's gross, and it's not like two gay guys are gonna come into your house and start butt fucking right in front of you. You know, I'm sure it's happened. I'm not God, saying. God, I wish they would. Oh, I wish a motherfucker would. And some of it's that too. Is <laughs> Oh, there's definitely some inward, inward anger. There's definitely some repression. Yeah. Like that Ted Haggard guy, the preacher that was so anti-gay, and then he gets caught in a hotel room doing meth and getting butt fucked. (laughs) Yeah, that. And he has like this whole thing, the devil got a hold of me for a while. Dude, it's obvious. We can see it when you talk, the way you flail your arms a little bit. You got got a little bit of that southern lisp. It's it's obvious. Nobody cares. It's fine. It's fine. Be gay. Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody nobody cares. Literally, nobody cares. And you know what's really bad is gay people get offended whenever you don't care. <laughs> okay, great. Whatever. Uh, fine. I guess, and and sort of the the liberal backlash to that though is that uh, people instead of instead of the message being. You know, LGBT people need to be treated equally, you know, equal treatment. Mm-hmm. They actually will treat LGBT people favorably. Yeah. Like deliberately go out of their way to hire a gay person or like get more excited, uh, you know, like go make more of an effort to be friends or nice to a gay person. It's like, and people do it with black people too. It's like when you see a black person, it's like, oh, better, you know, hold, yes, oh, you know, like try to like assimilate and like make, Go over the top trying to like, um, you know, trying to seem like they're cool with them and it actually just makes it worse. Yeah. But with LGBT. It seems it's patronizing. But with, the, with the gay community, it almost seems like they like they just suck, soak it up. Like they just like. They love it whenever yeah, they like, get. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Give me more attention. I'm fabulous. Pride week and all that stuff. Yeah. They just they just soak it up. Whereas black people are just like just. Oh, God. I, I'd love it if you just leave us alone. It's like stop trying to act like you know my yeah. language. Just <laughs> like. It's cool, but just, you know. It's like. Uh, you're making it more awkward by being overly nice to me. When Quentin Tarantino is being interviewed by a black person, he talks black. Oh, God. What a what a fraud. I love his movies. but <laughs> He's such a turd. But you can tell, like, if it's the, if the. If you get a good camera shot of the black interviewer, he's rolling his eyes in his head. You can just tell by the look on their face. Like, it's like just. Leave us alone, man. But how do, I wonder how black people feel about white rappers, like in real life, like if if they could be completely honest. I mean, most of the most of the black people that I've talked to about, like Eminem, or uh, well, say that Eminem's the best that has ever done it. They actually believe that. I'm not saying I think so. That. It's an egalitarian or uh, not egal. What's the uh, meritocracy? I think that they. I think that they. Uh, Naturally, look down on white rappers. That's the default setting. You know what? But but if you I don't prove, blame them. But if yeah, of course. Uh, but if you you know if you've proven yourself and you make a legit case and you win all your rap battles, how many white rappers do you know? Uh, that are still alive. Yeah. That actually like record. 
have recorded at least. They might not be active anymore. Oh. I think I know like eight or ten. Yeah, I don't know that many, but. I think I know more white ones than I do black ones. <laughs> well. That says a lot about me. Well. You just have a lot more white friends. That's what it is. People that live in, um, you know, in a black village in, in you know, Uganda? Zimbabwe or wherever are, are going to have more black friends than they're going to have white friends. That doesn't make them racist. Sort of. Growing does, up in though. West Virginia in a white neighborhood where there was no black kids in your high school. Calling what odds I, are you're not going to have that many black friends. Calling where I live the neighborhood is generous. Well, yeah. <laughs> calling it a community is. Uh, it's close. It's, all, it's, it's getting there. That's what the government would call it, an unincorporated community. Yeah. It's right beside where I grew up, right beside the Dixie sign, unincorporated. Um, and the name of your town is Dixie. Mm-hmm. Which has a whole Confederacy element to it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the... Which doesn't make it inherently racist in my view, by the way. Not me either. Um, I'm trying to think of what where we were at. We were talking about uh, white rappers. The Kratom's kicked in now. We were talking about um, language. Wage gap, language. Okay. And then we were talking about how... Um, how, how when white people will tr- will try to we were talking about gay the gay community oh yeah how yeah. they get they they love being yeah pandered to being yeah treated actually instead of treating them equally you're actually treating them favorably they're on a pedestal as though there's some sort of yeah god and, and give them like you know give them discounts and everything else because I, I you know it's a way of saying I understand your struggle like I want to I want to treat you I really more don't. Fa- I want to treat you more favorably than I would a straight white man because. Of social justice, I'm trying to even out the scales by being extra nice to people that fit under an umbrella that I view as being oppressed. Yeah, it's just a strange thing that people do. You know what I'm talking about? I, right? I do know yeah. precisely what you're talking. I don't know about. if I'm wording it well. I remember uh, after my dad had a stroke. Um, anytime somebody would come by and visit, whenever they talked to him, because he couldn't really talk. I don't know, know if you were even around him then. No, um, I never saw that. He couldn't really talk or anything, and. Uh, People would get down real close to him and lean in. How you doing, Larry? How you doing? You feeling okay? Talking to him like he was he's a not, retarded he's child. Not, he's not dead. And deaf. he would just look at him and go, ah! And then I would tell him, don't talk to him like he's a baby. He can hear. If he could punch you, he would punch you. And I might punch you for him. So that, that, I think that's how black people feel about white people pandering to him. Oh, <laughs> I, I, that's how I would feel. It's just awkward. But if a good-looking woman did that exact same thing to my dad, he would get him and put him on his lap. <laughs> kind of sexually assault him a little bit, maybe. <laughs> but, but not really. He's an old man. <laughs> so that's how gay people feel whenever you pander to him. Yeah, there's that's like, a pretty yeah. good comparison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, earlier today, the our esteemed president of the United States of America was – let me see if I can find the video. It might be funnier for you. Of course, the crowd won't be able to see it. But anyway, he was walking up the steps. I don't of, think I've seen this. Let's see. I got to find this. I had it earlier. Oh, there it is. Okay. He was walking up the steps of... The Air Force One. My Air Force One. 
And if you look, you can see toilet paper on a shoe. Oh, I see it. <laughs> it's there. I've only seen this in sitcoms. I've never seen this happen to anybody in real life. And it just happened to Donald Trump. We are living in a fucking simulation. Yeah. There's no- how how could the jokes just keep rolling I know. so smoothly? <laughs> it's like he's it's it's like he listens to the show and he's like these guys are gonna get kicked out. It's like it. he's got a he's got all the jokes planned. It's like okay, this week we we got to get these three silly things in. They're gonna think this is fantastic. Next week he's got to slip on a banana peel. <laughs> he's he's gonna walk into a bar with a priest, a rabbi, and a minister. He's, <laughs> Yeah, really. <laughs> it, it it couldn't be more perfect than it to happen to him. If if it was anybody else, it'd be Donald Trump walking up the fucking steps of Air Force One, where the wind blows his toupee off, or oh, you know, any of those, any of those that things. thing ain't coming off. If, they, th- if they haven't happened yet, they're going to happen. All of those things. I'm trying to think of an- it's like it's like it's like the Three Stooges all rolled up into one man. Like he's who is some, our president? For some reason, he's walking around with like a rubber chicken. <laughs> he's doing like a press conference, but he never he never fucking mentions it. Yeah, there's no, he just got no a rubber it up. I just want to say uh, this: these Kavanaugh hearings, it's terrible. Like Bob Dole's pencil, yeah, <laughs> he or just pen has whatever a rubber chicken for no reason. <laughs> he just walks around oh, yeah. spraying oh, yes. people with seltzer. <laughs> uh, I mean, um, I would probably care about a, as much much as much about that as I care about. What's actually going on? Yeah, I don't. Are they are they going to confirm this Kavanaugh guy? It's really close. It seems like it's it's close. Huh. So we'll have Nazgul Kavanaugh instead of Nazgul um, Kennedy. Yes, you know, some other people, people were really hating that Kennedy because he retired. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about that. Well, he was the uh, he's the one that Kavanaugh's going to replace, and pe- oh. people are just so fucking mad that he's retiring. That's such a weird like. You couldn't have waited until after the election after Donald Trump. The man's probably in his seventies. What he does is none of your fucking business. But the state of the country is online. I don't know, man. Shut the fuck up. He's an old man and he wants it's, to fucking spend time with his wife or it, whatever. It's his. He it's wants his to go life. fishing. It's his life, and there's not much left of it. Let the man go fishing. Um, and it's not your choice. It's his. Yeah, but I've seen people, especially the blue check marks on Twitter, just losing their dicks over it. Oh, it's just all about their, their, you know, their being right and their power struggle. You know what I mean? Just strategic power struggle. That's all it is. Because they see it in terms of teams, they say we need to get, yeah, we need to take over the Senate. It's us and them. And if you're not, if you're not part of Team Blue Checkmark, then you're an unperson. I literally won't treat you like a person. I don't get it. I mean, I guess I, I don't know, man. It's sports. It's it's pro wrestling. It's uh, they act like they have skin in the game, like they have money on. They have money writing like, on this. Like there's, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's like there's, there's a lot of people like in. Um, in my little community in like Fayetteville and stuff, it's like as soon as they find out that I'm not a, f- a frothing at the mouth, <laughs> blue check mark, um, you know, virtue signaling leftist, as soon as they find out that I've got a different perspective and that I'm not afraid to discuss it with people, it's like I'm blacklisted. It's mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm no, I, I can't be part of the. Do you really get anymore. that? Yeah. 
I feel like I do. Fresco. I feel like I do. I mean, I don't. It could be me being paranoid, but I'm not. I don't think I'm being paranoid because I don't really care that much about their approval to begin with. So, um, I don't think that I'm being paranoid. I think it's a thing that really happens. What you just said, not caring about getting their approval. Is why I'm not part of their club. That That is what makes people so mad about me and probably you just as much. Because we're not walking on eggshells and trying to, you know, trying to, we're saying what we actually think without, you know, trying to appease everyone's feelings. You know what I mean? It's not, it, I don't think we're insensitive. I mean, sometimes. We're not trying, I I'm definitely am sometimes. Sometimes you are, but, but that's part of your. <laughs> but I'm not state. trying to be mean to anybody. No, it's not, it's not, it's not malicious. It's just, I'm just being honest. I'll even. And, you, and you, most people don't have the spine See, they can dish it out. They'll dish it out and say terrible things about other people. But as soon as something, you know, something challenges their viewpoint, and makes them uncomfortable. It's like you're. They think they think of it as literally this on a par with them being uh, an act of violence. They actually oh. think that they're that oh, you're yeah. you're being violent towards them if you use words in a cordial way to express an opinion. That they don't like. I think that's. They believe that it's violence. I think it's sort of held me back in a lot of ways that, that I don't I try to appease everybody. I, I think everybody should be a little bit more like that, though. Well, it's the thing. It's like, but it's, but if you don't do that, then you're being you're being ingenuine. You're not being uh, you're not being authentic. So few are authentic people out there. People don't you know people don't like authenticity. They like everybody just to go with the flow. I mean, some people, obviously there are people that love authenticity and value it, but they're a minority. The, the, the mob, you know, the masses want people to just get in line, single file. Yes. My favorite food, spaghetti. Yes. I, I was, it's been a long time since I've had spaghetti. I've been trying to not do carbs, but I oh, love yeah. some of my mom's spaghetti. And Gino's spaghetti's not too bad. If you get the two for Tuesday, you get two for Tuesday with the I've pasta. Been, I've been doing, uh, Oh, I haven't done it in quite a while, but spaghetti squash, that's almost as good as just regular spaghetti. Spaghetti yeah. squash is delicious. It's awesome. It's a wonderful food. If you just, even with just butter, mm-hmm. butter little, and salt. Butter and salt. With a big steak. A little pepper. It's not bad. A little paprika. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> sort of talking about fat guy. <laughs> but I definitely think it, it's held me back in. Relationships with girls and sometimes oh, fu- friends. It totally fucks up being your dating scene if you're not a if you're not a frothing at the mouth blue check marks virtue signaling leftist. Or even if I'm since I'm not a Republican or anything like that. Yeah. There's girls out there with pussy that would oh, that yeah. would probably love to throw it at me. You get you get shut out of both groups because it sucks <laughs> because you're not you're not you're not us or them. You're just like no, I'm you know I'm an individual. I'm not I'm not a blue check mark. I'm not a Trump support. I'm not a, a Republican. I'm none of those things, and so people won't accept you into either of those tribes, and that cuts out like eighty percent of the population that you could you can no longer become close friends with or have a relationship with because it's what it seems like because your viewpoints are not um, are outside of the box or or aren't cookie cutter viewpoints. But my viewpoints are so simple: just leave people alone. <laughs> And let them do what they want as long as they're not hurting anyone. Yeah, but that's not 
that that goes that that is a radical idea in 2019. I know it's damn near. It's the most jihadi. It's it's common sense, you know, founding fathers shit. You know, just really basic common sense. I prefer to call them founding people. Um, but if you say that stuff today, it's like you're. Well, you're probably some kind of racist. I'm definitely not, white, I'm, white supremacist. I look like a white nationalist. I yeah. wear black t-shirts. I got a shaved head. I do the Hitler sign a lot. If you actually yeah. advocate equal treatment, if you actually advocate equality and, and you know fairness and on a level playing field, then you're hyperbole. You're, you know what I mean? You're a hyperbully? Yeah, exactly. That's what it, <laughs> you become. <laughs> sort of, right? Yeah, they turn, they make you out to be a bully when you're just like, all I'm saying is uh, the opposite of that. It's like they, they'll take. They think you don't care about uh, LGBTQ uh, minorities, all that stuff. If you're just like, I wish people would just yeah, if you, do what they want as long as I if hurt you're not, else. If you're not advocating that the state comes in and uses coercion against people to force us to accept each other and be more equal. If you're not advocating the state using force to force people to be more equal, then you're, um, then you're a racist. Yeah. I gotta fix something real quick here. Oh, that's what happened. Okay. I unplugged it whenever I got up. There we go. But that's fine. They're allowed, I guess people are allowed to allowed to use words in whatever way they want. Yeah. Even if it's totally just, unfair and abusive and inappropriate. What I'm looking for is just find a gal that doesn't pay any attention to, to politics at all. Has no has no real viewpoints. Yeah, they're out there, or that, or maybe has viewpoints but doesn't care to talk yeah. about it, or doesn't care. Oh what yeah, it is. isn't offended by. It's like, by we can have opposite opinions about this and not talk about it ever again. Who cares? Yeah, just something like that would be great. We need to start yeah. a dating site. Um, what would it be? This person doesn't even have to be libertarian. No, just like <laughs> politically neutral dating. People that fence, pe- fence riders only. There needs to. <laughs> well, not that, that I wouldn't mis- even say I'm a fence rider. That misrep- yeah, misrepresents your position. That's not a, libertarians are not fence riders. Um, but no, um, yeah, would need to be something a dating site that emphasizes is that um, I'm looking specifically for people that don't care what my political views are. And we can fight about it, argue about it. Whatever, yeah, that, discuss, that's debate. Because like, like, I might be really interested in um, in a, a conservative Trump-supporting woman. You know, I might have a wonderful relationship with her. We just differ on politics. Yeah. And there's She's this whole- big old titties. And yeah, or I might, I might be into, you know, some you know, wacko feminist gal. We might have a wonderful relationship. But, um, you know, we just disagree about this feminism issue or whatever it is. And and I just hate the idea that we're getting cut out of each other's lives. Like we're like being surgically removed from having meaningful connections with other human beings because of something that, that is actually pretty trivial when it comes down mm-hmm. to it. Everybody's trying to be a good person and everybody wants the world to be a better place. We just disagree about, you know, what the steps are, you know, how to, how get, to, there. How to get there or, or what is acceptable what acceptable, you know, how acceptable is it to try to do something like, or, you know, a moral issue with, in the case of libertarianism, it's, it's just a moral issue. It's like, it's not that I don't want, the, want poor people to be helped. It's that I think that it's immoral to use 
for the force of a gun violence to steal money from people and against forced, their will yeah. and then redistribute it to poor people. That's immoral. It's not that I don't want to help poor people. Quite the opposite. And I think removing You do a lot to help poor people. Exactly. And and I think a lot more people would if they're allowed to keep all the A lot of people gun. don't know this, but you've uh you've uh, hauled in a trailer and you got nineteen nineteen um homeless people living on your property. Yeah, um you don't talk about it a lot. No, I, I don't talk about. It. There's, there's, there's Nikki, there's Donnie, Jacob, Chet, Jacob, and Jake. That, that gets confusing. I yeah, it does. <laughs> and they both have gray beards too. It's really oh, weird. some bitch. Do they both wear bandanas? <laughs> well, no. J- Jacob wears the bandana. That okay. makes it a little easier. Makes it a little easier. And Jake, still, when Jake's you holler, got the ball cap. You, you just want to. You want to shorten and you want to holler Jake, and they both come. Like I just need Jacob. Sorry, Jake. Yeah, and it's uh, while you're here. Come here. And it's great, you know, if you're just like, you know, going about your day and you're just like, hey, uh, hey, Bobby, can you fold these clothes? And, you know, you can get. I wouldn't let Bobby fold the clothes. Not not saying he's not capable of doing it, but he half-asses it. Well, but he's learning a skill. That's true. And folding clothes is a skill. I don't do it myself very, very often. And you'd be surprised how many bargains you come across. Having being friends with all these people, they know where the free stuff is. Oh yeah, yeah, they know. They're they're magicians. That's tremendous. So you're a good person. People people don't. Uh, they might not know that about you that you uh, bought a trailer and you have 19 people living in a single wide. Um, yeah, totally against totally against all codes and laws. Yeah, code schmodes. And you know, whenever they show up to your house to try to uh, write you up for it, just hand them a slip, slip of paper that says, "I do what I want." Here's my contract with you. <laughs> um, did you hear there? Kroger's is closing in uh, in Smithers. N- indeed, and their a new place is already going to take over their the building. Is it Smiths? I don't know. It's it, a it's a local company. It's uh, they're out of Bluefield. A local grocer. Yeah. Grocer. They have a bunch of bunch of stores in Bluefield, Princeton. There might be a couple in Virginia. There's one in Oak Hill. How neat! And I think they buy a local, so you might be able to chuck some meat at them. Well, I feel it out. I mostly I'm, I'm leery of that sort of situation because it's a wholesale. Yeah, you know what I mean. The price that I would get for the product. May may not come anywhere near to corresponding with yeah. what my actual the actual value what if they of just it bought is. The, bought the pigs un unbutchered, which they would never do. I wouldn't imagine. Um, they could do that. Like, um, take them to a USDA slaughter facility if they had their own butcher, because they had like a traditional butcher section, like they used to have at every grocery store. They still kind of do. I mean, the meat guys. You could you could buy whole pigs. I drop them off, and then they pick up the pigs and butcher them and cut them however customers want. That's the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. There's – I think there might be Instead one. of me, because right now what has to happen for me to make a dollar, uh, even come close, is I have to I have to farrow the animal, which means I pay for the sow, I pay for the animal, the pregnant animal to get pregnant, and that's months and months of gestation. Then the baby's born. I have to keep everybody alive. I have to feed the baby for months and months and months and months. And then I have to load the animal, drive an hour and a half to a facility, drop the animal off, come back home with the trailer. That's a lot of gas. 
then wait until the, the job is done, go back to the facility an hour and a half away, pick up the meat, bring it back, have my own freezers, that the freezer space that I pay for, store, pay all the federal bullshit, Lord, to get all the, the, so the person with the magical government clipboard is standing there while they put a 22 bullet in the animal's head, make sure that it's safe, um, protecting us, uh, and I gotta jump through all these, this red tape, um, then store the meat, and then I have to you know do all the work to distribute it. Um, so it's just like these all these extra hoops where it could just be I raise the animal and then you do what you want with it, yeah. And then I you know you take the animal and it would it would cut out a lot of legwork for of, me. A lot of middlemen being cut out there. Yeah, there is a butcher in an actual butcher butcher. I think there's one in Beckley. Um. That'd be some. That'd be an old school thing that should come back, right? Oh, it definitely should, but there's no support for it because you can't get your. It's so much vegetables easy. there and everything. Well, it's so much easier just to have it done in a big, a huge facility and just have it distributed, a more centralized. You know, like all the meat that you're getting. You know, pretty much all the meat you're getting in the Walmart yeah, and everywhere is king, isn't it? It's just coming from a, a giant centralized location. Hmm. And so it's, it's not. Um, it's not. It's never going to be local. That's gay. Yeah, it's well. It is what it is. It's it's efficient, and as much as um, the store is making money, and people are people are like the price of food, the price of meat is just absurdly low in this country. I mean, yeah. Compared to anywhere else in the world, we pay a, a fraction per pound on for things like beef. Than other countries pay. It's it's it's. Absurd. I wonder why. Um, because is it because we have the big giant farms and because of subsidies. Oh yeah, they get paid whether they uh, do anything or not, don't they? Um, there are people getting paid not to grow things. Right? Kind of, it's a combination of things. There's subsidies, which are which which makes the uh, price of grain and other things, whatever's being subsidized, artificially low. So it lo- lowers the price because. Ultimately, taxpayers are paying it. It's just not reflected in the price of the store. You, you're paying for that. You, I mean, if you get a you get a steak for two dollars or whatever, oh, that's a real bargain. It's like no, actually, we are paying for it. It's just not coming. You're not paying for it at the cash register. You're paying for it out of your ass when you're getting taxed. And they're paying people to grow too much corn and too much soy to keep the prices down. So part of it's subsidies and government government getting in the way and fucking things up. And another part of it is uh, just economies of scale. You know what I mean? A, a big giant facility is going to have is going to be able to produce the same product and offer it at a cheaper price than a small facility would. And what we want is all these small butchers, right? That are producing high quality products coming that are locally sourced, but because of economies of scale, the small butcher can't can't compete with the giant processing facilities because they're so efficient and so big processing a hundred cows a day and having the facility to do that is going to you're going to be able to offer that product much cheaper than if you're processing six cows a day in a like a local yeah a local shop there's no way you can compete it'd be like it'd be like um somebody like there being a family dollar that's supporting a community that's there that's that a lot of people depend on to get their food in a place like say golly bridge and then opening up a store right across from it where you're trying to compete with Family Dollar as a mom-and-pop business. They kind of did that in Gully Bridge now. I, I'm kind of there's, alluding to that. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of, I but, wonder how they're doing. I've not, I've not been in the place. 
Yeah, it just that's gonna be it's gonna be real hard for you to compete. I feel weird not going into like a, a grocery store owned by somebody that I know, but you know, I'm not a big fan of the guy. We're not friends, you know. Well, what are you gonna do? I just, you know, I don't. It's not convenient for me to stop there. I'm never grocery shopping when I'm coming through the valley. So yeah, and you got Walmart's closer. And I've, I've got a million other opportunities to get to you got, go to. You got your own meat. I, I um, produce a lot of stuff myself, or get it locally, and then I've got tons of opportunities to go to, you know, go past Kroger, which is my yeah, preferred. You do a lot grocery. of bartering with that with uh, your oh, yeah. farmer friends. Oh yeah, lots of bartering. It's dope. I'm a big fan of the barter. Neat. You do favorite things? Sure. I don't we know made it a whole hour before we... I don't know if I have... It doesn't matter. It's just an opportunity to play a stupid song. <laughs> okay. I can talk about... I can talk about my doggy. I'm always down to hear some shit about Bub. Bub the Wonder Dog. It's not really... He's so wonderful that it's uneventful. <laughs> because you, you know what I mean He doesn't cause any problems He's just always there and cute He's always friendly He's never in a bad mood He always listens it's kind He of, does He even listens to me He's so good that he's boring <laughs> He's like a Barbie doll My, um, I've noticed I thought maybe when after Mackie died Rest in power um, Baxter was just sort of Pretending not to be sad, like just to, like make me feel better about the whole thing, and he's right. being, uh, extra snuggly and comfy and an extra good boy. But he's just really settled into this whole lone wolf thing. It's just me now. He's really into it. Yeah. He really loves it. <laughs> yeah. I could tell. <laughs> he's. I mean, it's, when I, it used to be like I'd come in and he would just kind of be laying there and just kind of in a pissy mood. Now I come in, he walks up and he greets me. He's I, like, well, <laughs> there's been some changes around here. Not only Mackie's gone, but. The ex-wife told me about these flea collars that um, kill everything. I mean, I've, I've, I did everything I could to keep fleas off this motherfucker, both of them. And I put this stupid collar on him, and they last eight months. And it was 70 bucks at uh, the vet. but Not, a, not an over-the-counter product. No, you can get them cheaper at Walmart for like 55 Oh, it is an over-the-counter product. Yeah. Okay. But... Um, I mean, his fur feels better, like every, and he just seems to be in a better mood. And I got uh, CBD for him. Dog CBD, ladies Dog and gentlemen. Dog CBD. And I've only been using it for a couple days. So I bought a three month supply just to see how it works out for him. So hopefully, hopefully that works out. But he's just been in a pretty goddamn decent mood ever since Mackie's <laughs> been gone. He did. He, just, he perked right up. He's like, all right. This is how it's supposed to be, man. <laughs> yeah. We did have uh, another dog before Mackie, and she was a little tiny thing, maybe that big. You might have met her. I don't remember. I don't think so. She's a little little dog. She was really old when we got her. She was like 13 when we got her. Like a friend of ours had her, and they had to move, and they couldn't take her with us, like, so we took him. And she died. Then for about a year and a half, he was by himself, and then Mackie gets brought in and fucked the whole thing up for him. So for the last 12, well, 12, 12 years, he's had Mackie to deal with. And now he's back to back to a number one lone wolf. And he really seems to like it. Well, hell, I mean, people like like to anthropomorphize animals real bad. And it's, it's really a problem. I mean, it's really seriously a fucked up problem in our culture. The, de- the degree to people which people have kind of been Disneyfied, Disneyfied, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that they've been do- indoctrinated to, to see animals as human beings. And, um, it was like, but if you really look at it, like Trappy, when Trappy was dad's dog for, <clears throat> oh, I don't know, 10 years or so. Yeah. That they were, you know, she was his right, right hand dog. Like he walked her every day and was the person that fed her every day. And when I came back around, I took charge of the dog, you know, the dog duties, and she kind of became more bonded to me because I was the one she was dependent on and giving her lots of attention. And, of course, Dad was sick and dying and shit. So um, by the time when Dad passed, everyone, everyone would, came around and be like, oh, I bet Trappy's so upset. She didn't, no, nothing changed. <laughs> they don't have, they, they don't, just because they have cute eyes doesn't mean that they're empathizing. You know what I mean? I do think that a dog cares. Like if you're down, like they'll come and try to. Yeah, they do. But, 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 but they don't have the same like emotional c- capacities that we do. It's, it's, I'm not saying that they're stupid. It's just that it's a as, different animal. As it's long a totally as I don't different have to thing. go hunt and kill something, I'm sticking with this guy. Yeah. And we're having a good time. He's nice to me and, and he like brings pe- me food. People talk about how uh, intelligent, oh, pigs are so smart. I just hate to kill them because they're so smart. Even though I eat factory farmed meat every day, I won't, they eat are your, smart. I won't eat your meat because I don't want the pigs to die, even though I eat pork every day, but I won't eat that pig because they're so smart. Oh, they're just so smart. They're, just, they're so smart. We're getting into Umber's taker now. But, um, <laughs> we'll get back to that. No, later. no. Yeah, we'll get back to that. But it's like, it's like yeah, okay. But, but, I mean, one way to look at it is a cat sees you as beneath them. Yep. A dog sees you as a superior. A pig sees you as an equal. They don't give a fuck. It's like, if you want to be friends with them, okay, we can be friends. If you fall down dead. They're eating you. Guess what? You're food now. Yeah. And they're not going to cry about it. And they're not going to be like, I just feel so bad because he took care of me. I'm just trying to eat him. I just don't know if it's morally acceptable. How long would it take before they start eating you? Depends on how hungry they are. And if there's a wound that they can smell. Oh, yeah. It smells like food. Like if you had a, you know, if, if if you were dead and someone just like slit your belly open so the guts, so the smell came out. They'd definitely get the guts. It, it, would, it wouldn't be an hour before they'd start. Mm. That's it, awesome. I mean, if they were even moderately hungry. So they'll be nice to you until you, and, and, uh. Be friendly, but They're, like once you're gone, it's like they realize that you're. It's just a meat vehicle. Your soul isn't there. That's how smart they are. Is, is that what we're saying? I mean, they're just, <laughs> you know, they're just like these. They're they're designed to survive. Is what they are. It's like they're not human beings. Are, so human beings aren't just designed to survive. We are actually terrible at survival. It's a miracle for, in, a, in a physiological. It's like we're naked. Um, we can't handle too hot or too cold. It's like the babies that we have, you have to take care of them for like 15 years before yeah. they can even hunt for themselves and take care of themselves. I mean, it's just a really poor design for, for just survival in a strictly animalistic sense. Yeah, good job, God. But we are designed to have these emotional capacities and to have this intellectual capacity. It's like we've, we've evolved or have been designed, however you want to think about it. Um, same fucking thing. Um, to have you know these deep emotional capacities and, and empathy and emotional intelligence and social intelligence and um, we're able to do science and we're able to um, make these like smartphones and do all this crazy shit that we're able to do. Comparing that to an animal that literally just like, 
okay, I'm, I'm sleeping, I'm awake. Where's the food? I'm eating, I'm fucking, I'm sleeping. And that's Shitty. literally all it does. And that's all it cares about. And, you know, maybe it has empathy in as much as, like, like if you're laughing, it can tell that you're laughing. It's like, oh, yeah, good, good, happy. Or if somebody, you know, if someone's hurt, they're like, oh, sad. If he doesn't big, move, if he doesn't move in ten minutes, I'm yeah. And then if and then if, the, <laughs> if it starts to smell like food and is dead, okay, time to eat. Yeah. Before my before my Chow nap. time. Before my nap. Before, because that's before what I, I do. shit and then go to sleep. Yeah, sleep, shit, eat, fuck. That's all. And then the moms, the sows, of course, do the maternity. You know, take care of their babies, and that's just an amazingly beautiful process that's actually happening right now. Oh, you got babies? I got five. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I bet they look delicious. She was a she's a teen mom. She was accidental oh. pregnancy. Uh, Shasta too. We should uh, do a documentary about her. See if we can get it, MTV to pick it up. And so yeah, I've got more goddamn pigs <laughs> to deal with. Um, but um, forget what I was really going. Uh, was favorite really going things. Um, so my, my favorite thing is Baxter uh, just being totally cool with uh, Mackie being gone. I like that he's a bit of a sociopath, but like in a good way. That's what I'm saying. This is kind of what relates to what I was saying. It's like these animals, it's like they're your friend and everything, but they are. They're sociopaths. Like they don't. He loves me. Don't, don't have more empathy for something that, you know what I mean? That's just, you know, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. If I, if I drop dead right now, he probably wouldn't like it. But if he went to live with my mom, he probably wouldn't like that either because she's got four dogs. (laughs) So we need to find, (laughs) whenever I die, we need to find somebody who's, uh, who's nice to him that doesn't have any other dogs, apparently. Because <laughs> her dogs get on his nerves too. It's hilarious. Uh, he's just—he's an old grump. Um, what else could I say? Is uh, Joe Rogan's new comedy special is actually oh, very yeah. good. Is it on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Oh, I'll check. It's it called out. Strange Times. It's—it's uh, it's his best one, I think. He's had—he's had some really good um, jokes in the past on his specials, and they're all pretty good. Mm-hmm. But this one's really good. Like. He, because uh, he talks so much shit and he shits on it. He shits on so many things, but he does a thing where he builds up the thing that he's getting ready to shit on, and then just shits on it all over it, which sort of covers his bases. Because you're, you're blowing smoke up the thing's ass. Yeah, you could just cut it off right there, and it seems like a puff piece. Or you keep yeah. going, and then he just craps all over it. So he's hitting. I both really sides. enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. And he also does this thing where he. He makes these points, but he says, like, he always says, what do I know I'm a moron? So, again, he's covering, he does that on his podcast, too, whenever they get in these big discussions about things. He's like, well, I'm just a comedian, but here's what I think. And then he'll say something that people, people don't get angry at him, though, for some reason. I don't know why. It's sort of like um, yeah, he, South Park. He has that gift. No, nobody gets angry at South Park. He's, he's got the gift of being able to say edgy things and talk about Sensitive topics with sensitive people without being offended. Although there's plenty of people that call him a white nationalist. Oh, yeah, a white he, nationalist he gets lumped in with that. But, the, but, like, there might be 20 or 30 people out there and their they're followers on Twitter. Vocal minority, again. And But everybody, like, everybody that knows him is like, he's, like, the greatest guy. Like, he does yeah. everything he can to help people. But, uh, yeah, it's, the special is very good. I really enjoyed it. Um after we're done with the show, if you want to watch it, we can. I like to watch them a couple times. What were you, what were you talking about watching? You mentioned watching something after the show. 
I previously. Think it, I think I mentioned that. Okay, maybe it was that. Or something else. I don't know. It might have been something else. I don't think there's any fights on tonight. But there are fights tomorrow, which what, by the time this comes out, they'll be five days old. I got I got into a fight yesterday. With a, uh, with an assailant? With somebody trying to rob you? No. Um, Can't a, believe they're taking John's A karate wealth. class. And um, we were sparring. I don't think he got the note because he wasn't controlling his power very well and bruised the fuck out of my rib. Oh, see, when in sparring, what I've always been told is... Uh, you hit me as hard as you want to get hit back. Um, is that how, or is this yeah, supposed to be touching well, point? I mean, you're supposed to make contact, okay. to make legitimate contact, but you're also not supposed to be throwing full power. You're supposed to be like sort of like, technique. It's supposed to be like you, a technique. If you're a controlled martial artist, if you're skilled, you can be fast and make solid contact without doing any damage. So sort of like professional wrestlers, they actually do yeah. make contact. Especially with your trying. kick, with your kicks and your big punches yeah. to sensitive areas. It's like, I want to hit you in the solar plexus, but I don't want to knock the wind out of you and yeah, scare the shit out of you. I want to hit you in the liver, but I don't want to. Like, we're just sparring. It's light sparring. And then there's, obviously, there's light sparring, and then there's heavy, heavy sparring. Yeah. But this is light, light sparring. And um, it got a little not light there for a minute, and I, you know. With some did back and forth. Receipt? Did you? I did. I, I, I didn't get, I gave him a stiff jab. I, I, I don't exactly know. See, the thing is, I don't know what caused the what rib. I didn't feel it. Yeah. It wasn't until I got home and I was like, oh, shit. That's how it is. I did. I had no idea that I had been injured. And now, like, I mean, his ribs I'm, are terrible. I can, I can take deep breaths and I can do pretty much everything, but it's, it sucks. Yeah, bruised ribs suck. Because and I, and I don't mean, know how long it's going to take to heal. It's, it's not even something you fucking pay attention to until there's something wrong. Then all of a, sudden, a little pulled muscle in between. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you bend just a certain way and it's just like, ah! Yeah, yeah. It's like stabbing pain. You sneeze. And yeah, <laughs> and so. And you, you want to kill yourself right after. But um, it's I'm putting it in the favorite things category because it's like. You're alive. I was like, fuck yeah. I kind of like getting punched. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I like, yeah, I like feeling alive. I like the hardship. It's like, that's kind of what I feel like I need in my life right now is more to be challenged more. And it's like. We don't have enough of it. We, um. People are pussies. I mean, I hate to use that word, but God damn. It's people very derogatory. Are such, people are such pusses. Just, are they not? No, well, we really So are. fucking I'm, soft. I'm including myself. Um, and I'm including myself. Uh, it's just absurd. I think it's what a, a lot of what is wrong with, uh, especially men, because we're all trying so like not all of us, but everybody's trying so hard to be. Uh, I don't know about politically correct, but they want to be on the right side of history and all this shit. And one, well, you want to attract the progressive poon. Yeah, and and um, there's not really a rite of passage anymore. We've talked about it. Chuck's talked about it a million times. We, we, yeah, there's no. We, you don't become a man. We don't have cultural support. Oh, I, I graduate high school. Now I have to work until I die. That's yeah, about it. You're supposed to get married and have kids and work a shitty job. and Yeah, and we're all doing it. And like, but, you know, teach your kid how to change the oil in the car. and I, I guess know, I, could, I sort of had one. Clean the gutters. Like the first time I beat my dad at basketball. Or I want to first time I beat him at wrestling. I mean, I kind of did too. Like I remember my dad bought me a hammer. There's one time he bought me a hammer. Said, "This is your man now." It's because I had worked for him all summer. I said, "You've proven yourself. And I want you to keep this hammer the rest of your life." Then my mom's boyfriend stole it from me. That motherfucker. But then is there was a good hammer. Then there was another time where the exact same thing happened. But instead of it being a hammer being a rite of passage, it was a couple years later. He gave me his um, his vacuum cleaner that he had done all the all the research on. 
that the Consumer Reports said was the absolute, the, the best vacuum cleaner that you could buy. What was it? What kind? It's a Sharp. I still have it. Still Is it still going? Yeah. And this has been, what, 15 years? Uh, 20? More than 15. Dang. Pretty good vacuum cleaner. I don't right? use it very much. And I can't. I don't have any of the bag. It's like one of the ones with the paper replacement baggies. Oh yeah, those can be hard to find. They sometimes. might. They might still make them. I haven't looked into it, but I've just been reusing the same one and dumping the dumping. dirt. <laughs> and so it's it's not for that reason. I don't use it very often. I used to have a uh, elect. Is it Electrolux? It's one of those. It's the ones that they use in hotels. These motherfuckers are steel. Yeah, they're heavy as fuck, and and they're uh, belt driven. So like, it's not too hard to push them. But they're very good vacuum cleaner. I'm not sure if it's Electrolux or not. But it was a motherfucker, and it took those big old bags. They, were, they weren't too expensive, but if you got the cheap ones, they would rip or tear. It just makes more sense to me to have a receptacle for the for the waste on a vacuum cleaner, just be a solid piece of thing that you could just empty. Yeah, that's what Instead I of have. having a disposable thing, you know, it just seems like an inherently flawed design. What, what could we do? As a rite of passage type thing. In this I, country, I like, it's not violent or I, tell I don't you, mind violent. What I kind of did to myself, I was like in my teens or whatever, and I was reading um, Panther in the Sky, which is a Paul Thomas, uh, I was going to say Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Ale- Alexander Tom. What's his name? Something like that. Panther in the Sky? Oh, Panther God. in the Sky. It's the same guy that, that did. Going up to the Panther in the Sky. It's the same guy that did the Follow the River book about the woman that you know came up the new river. Um, anyhow, but this book was about the James life- Alexander Tom. James Alexander Tom. Um, yeah, he wrote this book, uh, Panther in the Sky, about the life of Tecumseh, which is actually a really, really cool story. Here's a TV movie. And, um, from 1995. And in that Shawnee tribe that he grew up in, one of the, the, man, the rites of passage for them is when you were like at the right age, not a set age, but when you're starting to get manly enough 12, 13, 14. Every single morning for an entire winter, you have to go and jump in the river. And if you have to break through the ice to jump in the river, you break through the ice and jump in the river. And you do, you have to do that every single morning for an entire season. Hmm. And that hardens you. It makes you, it, it sort of like distills your manhood. And I actually did that. I didn't do it every day. And how long ago was this? Um, 90s, late 90s. Yeah, late 90s. And I would I would go out because we lived by the river. I'd go out onto the dock and dive in the river every day, not every day, once a week. I did it. I was consistent, but it's once a week. And I did actually have to break ice a few times to jump in. And that's back when we used to have winters. But it was like, I mean, but it was like I jump in, then it was like maybe a hundred yard jaunt back to the house, get right in the shower, slowly warm back up. But I will say. I definitely didn't get sick that that winter, and I definitely never felt cold. Because you were testing yourself. Man. I never felt cold. If it, and I, there's actually a lot of um, a lot of, you know, research or not research, but anecdotal evidence that that sort of stuff's like really good for you, like ex- extreme, like jumping into ice water and get you know and get back out. Yeah, or, uh, or doing a sauna is kind of the same. The yeah, opposite. there's heat shock proteins and cold shock proteins, uh, and it causes your like your uh, mitochondria to it, get exercise and cleansed. And it uh, it's good for recovery after workouts or anything. Mm, yeah. It reduces inflammation by a fuckload. Yeah. So, and there's, there's a, uh, I think there's research saying if you combine the cold with the heat, it's even better. It's like you do one and then you do the other. It's supposed to be even better. Yeah. 
I've not read any papers. I'm not a scientific paper reader. I like hearing them from somebody else. Like, not to go back to Rogan, but he, he has lots of scientists-y people right. on his show a lot, and they talk about that type of shit. So I absorb it. I can never do it, but uh, I can't really. There's but no you, you can I, understand the I concept do of, of what. I, if I could like save up a thousand bucks, I could get a sauna and just put it in the backyard. I think mm-hmm. I think they have like saunas that you can just build, sort of like an outbuilding. Yeah, I mean you could you could do it cheaper than that if you wanted to redneck it and yeah. just get a wood stove. Earlier, put it in a little building, insulate it real well. Uh, this week, uh, I went and did a workout, and the uh, AC wasn't on. Was the AC isn't great anyway in there. But the AC wasn't on when I got in there, and I didn't turn it on. I didn't turn a fan on, and I did deadlifts and squats and everything. And I was just – it was probably 95 degrees in there, and I was completely drenched in sweat. And I came home and showered, and I felt fucking amazing <laughs> the rest of the night Yeah, just from doing that. I mean, I usually feel pretty good after deadlifts especially, but leaving the heat, leaving it hot like that for some reason really did something for me. Which usually we can't do that because somebody will turn it on, turn the AC on or something. Oh, and sweating is just really good, too. Yeah, in general. Yeah, I mean, that's... If you're not sweating, if you're not doing... I will, I will recommend this to you, listener. If you're not... If your lifestyle is not currently in a state where you're sweating on a regular basis, take a hot hot bath, take, take a hot, hot shower, do whatever you have to do to make yourself sweat a little bit. At least you know a couple times a week try to do that because there's there's certain toxins in your body they can only be released through your sweat glands and if that stuff's not getting flushed out then I've noticed probably that, not going to feel very good I've noticed I mean I sweat a lot during my job but it's different whenever you're doing something you're just hot and I mean I'm out I'm moving around sort of like not really like hiking but I'm working. But whenever you do a workout, it's a just different. It's a different type of fucking sweat. It's a different thing, right? You know, right? Because your body's like burning energy. You know what I mean? Probably burning fat, and this all the shit that's stored in that fat is being released and then flushed out. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just completely different. But I felt amazing after after that, especially after the deadlifts. Those are my probably my favorite thing to do right now. Deadlifts. That's the favorite thing. Deadlifts. Yeah, deadlifts are fun. They're not fun. I don't want to say they're fun. It sort of sucks while you're doing it, but I, I I think deadlifts suck a lot less than squats. Oh yeah, squats are miserable. I, I I didn't do squats for a month, and then I started them again last Saturday, and my legs were sore. And the only way, really the only way to get them unsore is to do squats again. Yeah, you got to <laughs> flush that acid out. Yeah, so I've I've done them. Twice this week, and I'm probably going to do them tomorrow morning. Um, you, you don't ever do lunges, do you? No, I probably should. It's just it's enough. Like the the knees aren't very good. I need to start doing the yoga, the DDP yoga. You could, I mean, lunges. You can do just body weight lunges and get a good yeah. workout. That's usually what I do. I don't even need weights to do lunges. I'm going to start doing the DDP yoga, me and, me and Shelton. And then we're going to become certified instructors, and we're going to open a yoga studio. DDP yoga? He's the old professional wrestler. Oh. Yeah. He does, he does, he does yoga? He, he has a program that apparently is it's doing a lot of people a lot of good. 
but uh, you can become a certified instructor, and uh, we, me and Shelton, are going to start our own little yoga studio. Say Namaste and shit. Namaste. It's sort of like um, uh, Gracie Jiu Jitsu. If you become competent in their um, in their system, you can lease their name and open your own Gracie Jiu Jitsu school. Right. Yeah. I don't have enough time in my life to become competent that competent in jiu-jitsu. Or DDT yoga. I probably could do DDP yoga. DDP. Yeah. DDP. Diamond Dallas Page. Bang. Self high five. I thought it was maybe like... There is a move d- called the DDT. Dong double penetration. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, other favorite things. Any, any movies... Anything you've seen this week? TV shows? Have I absorbed any um, any kind of uh, any new um, music? Old music? Old an old show that um, you told me. Well, I mean, everybody's told me about that. I've never, never, ever watched because I'm like afraid to watch things that are really popular. Sometimes um, Breaking Bad. I finally started. Oh, you started la- it last night. I started it. How many episodes did you get in? I don't remember, but I was up till like six this morning. Pretty good, right? Watching, which I've been doing that anyway. But yeah, I mean. I'm not like it's not on Game of Thrones or Stranger Things level it's for me. It's a different thing, but binge worthy. Oh yeah. yeah, that's how I watched it. Uh, it had already been on how many seasons? I think there's five seasons. Like I didn't watch the first three seasons, and then it came on Netflix, and I was like, "Well, I've heard a lot about this," and I binged it in like a week. <laughs> I think that's the way everyone consumes. Some of those shows. I've watched it uh, all the way through twice now, and it's it's good. It holds up pretty well. Even the second time around, you pick up some nuance. Yeah, and- it's. Well, I did that with Game of Thrones too last summer, or the su- when it, whenever it was when the last season came oh, out. Yeah, I've rewatched Game of Thrones just right know, before. How, how many I times picked up everything, that shit that I didn't notice. It gets better the it, second. It third does time. get better. <laughs> I'm that's that's the mark of a good piece of. I'm thinking about art. doing it again. I've got them all on um, disc. I've got uh, somebody has. Okay, if anyone's listening out there that has my <laughs> season seven of Game of Thrones, either Josh with Stover or Amanda or anybody that might have it, please return it to me. Let I don't want to have to buy that again. Give the boy a season seven of Game of or Thrones, or at least tell me that you lost it so I know it's gone. <laughs> I don't know where it is. I just use uh, HBO Go. I have two different people that have let me uh, have their password for that. So God bless them. Praise Jesus. Praise them. Well, good for you. You've got two people willing to give you their HBO pass. Well, I have zero, so that makes you... Oh, you have the same two people that two I do. Two million percent better than me. You have the same two people that I do. I can tell you that. Yeah, but only so many people can go on one account. That is true. It causes problems. I have, I have gotten in at the ground floor. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're higher on the hierarchy than you. Yeah, on the uh, password sharing hierarchy. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I share mine sometimes. Wow. Well, what are you going to do? I'll just stick with my Netflix and my YouTube. Those are pretty it's good. Uh, the Norm MacDonald show on Netflix is pretty good. You've been, it's growing on you? Yeah, I like it. It's just, I mean, I've seen his old podcast is exactly what this show is. Except for his old podcast didn't get edited at all. But it's just him just shooting the shit with the. Uh, Famous people. Chevy Chase was good. I haven't finished watching uh, the one with Michael Keaton, but I love Michael Keaton. That dude's funny. He's a good actor. Yeah, Michael Keaton's good. 
but Norm is just so dry and weird. I like him a lot. He's, uh, I watched a comp- compilation earlier of, um, all of his Michael Jackson jokes <laughs> from Saturday Night Live. And, uh, Michael Jackson, homosexual pedophile. <laughs> just really, that's part of the reason why he got fired is because he wouldn't stop joking about Michael Jackson being a homosexual pedophile and OJ Simpson. He wouldn't stop, so they fired him. From SNL? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got a little he's got a little bit of balls on him. And he came he, and then the whole thing that happened with him a couple weeks ago where he had the gumption to merely suggest that Lucy C. K. and Roseanne aren't terrible devil people. And everybody lost their minds for a little bit and he apologized and I felt bad that he apologized for saying that they're not terrible people. Well he what he said was oddly worded. Right. Like he said, like, out of context would sound bad. Yeah, and which it 100% probably was out of context. It's like they interviewed him, they interviewed him for like nine hours. And this is the only thing that anybody sees is how it, basically what he said about the Louis thing is, uh, like, no, nobody can relate to what Louis is going through because he lost everything. He lost all the movies, all the TV shows he had going, and, and he can't even do stand up comedy, which is really his favorite thing to do. And, so nobody can really relate to that. And everybody's like, well, what about the victims? And so he had, he had to like make an apology. Of course, they're going through something that's worse because, but are they? All he did was ask some people. I've, I've hammered this point home a lot. He asked some chicks to jerk off in front of him. And if they said yes, he did. If they said no, he didn't and apologized. I don't know, man. That's not rape. That's, whatever. I should probably quit talking about it because it's probably getting old. No, it's true. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how. I mean, it just it just goes to show how far the pendulum has swung in, in this. What I fear is direction. it's getting ready to correct itself in a really really bad way. And I'm I'm not I don't give a shit about Kavanaugh. I don't I don't give a shit about it at all. And if he did rape somebody, then fuck him. But there's just, lots of other reasons to fuck him, though. Yeah, ex- sure, sure. That's all fine. But saying. But believing someone, but 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 the whole thing, believe women, like that whole hashtag kind of movement thing. All of them. That's the, it's like the, the, no matter what, no matter what. Yeah. Um, they can say anything. They can make any accusation at any time. Yeah. What about uh, and, and you're always and if you don't always believe them, then you're a uh, misogynist piece of shit. What about Bill? Uh, Bill or not Bill? Burr, Emmett Till. The, the black kid who was lynched because a white woman said he uh, winked at her or whistled at her or something. And then he was lynched. Then it turns out years later she lied about it. She yeah. She admitted to lying about it. I mean, there's there's count. It happens every day where, where people are just aren't honest. And it causes, it ruins someone's life when you make a false accusation that's very serious. And the nature of this accusation and the whole, if it's a rapey thing or if it's a pedophilia thing. As soon as the accusation is made, it's over. Your life's over. Your life as you knew it is over. It doesn't matter. The truth, it could just be some crazy person, totally delusional, and your life's ruined just because someone said something that's not true. Here's here's Bill Burr talking about the Believe Women thing. Wait a minute. Maybe that's not it. Let me find it again. But, um... And you know, and even and God bless him, that sweet 
baby boy, Donald Trump, said sort of the same thing there. You you shared it, yeah. you know, where he, and I was like, well, it's like. He's not wrong. He's just inarticulate. Yeah. I don't, I don't really think that's a joke. I think he's actually, you know, making a reasonable point. Let me try this. I think this might be it. I relate to it because it's about parenting in the 70s. And that's, you know, that was when I was parented like you. What do you I think hope this of is right. parents now? How do you compare them to parents in the 70s? Oh, it's just completely. The kids have so much power. It's like ridiculous. Like half of these kids, I'm like, I look and I just have what happened to me. And I'm like looking at a kid and be like, this kid's about ready to get punted across the grocery store. And it just never happens. Right. They just... They just don't get hit. And I think it's hurting your country. You're mad. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, like, Let's get this leak. You're mad that children are, are not being uh, this, hit. This should be the threat of it. Half of it, it was just that, look, it was just your dad was acting. I'm thinking like this eventually gets to something did. about your women. mother did. And because, she, <laughs> because she was, no, because she was a woman, it was like, okay. Because yeah. it was like, hey, you, know, you let a girl beat you up, you know, you kind of felt emasculated. Yeah. <laughs> we had a rule, like, I actually, a lot of the stuff that I look at from when I was a kid that actually kind of made sense in a way is now, would now be considered like abuse, I guess. Like when I was a kid. If you didn't finish your supper, as we called it. Supper, yeah. Yeah, my mother was just like, well, you're going to finish. You're gonna, um, she would just wrap it in cellophane, and you just picked up where you left off for breakfast. Like <laughs> like a blue-collar job. Like, you take the shovel out of the hole and just start digging it again. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember one night we had cube steaks, which is like one of the toughest pieces of meat. I don't know if you guys... Everything's so like... I'm trying to get <laughs> forward here. So, the next morning... <laughs> Supper. He's like, well, after I finish my waff, uh, supper rules were defined scoot, scoot back then. Forward. Now the yeah. guy has to throw the milk. He has to clean it up while telling his wife she's brave for just uh. sitting there. Like, <laughs> no, like the roles were defined back then. Now it was my mother just popped up and just immediately started cleaning up, and my dad just kept eating. Like he didn't like. Okay. No, like the roles were defined back then. Now. The guy has to throw the milk. He has to clean it up while telling his wife she's brave for just sitting there. Like, whatever that is. Can you hear it? Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> are so overrated, right? We, we went from... Wait, nine, wait, what? We wait, went... Wait, what? Women are so overrated. We went, what? We went from not listening to them to now it's just, it's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Like that believe women. It's like it all is. of them. <laughs> 85%. I'll give you 87%. All right? But that last 13% that keys your car, lights your shit on fire, and puts a family pet in a, in a pot of stew. <laughs> Who put a pet in a pot of stew? I might do that. Glenn Close. Oh, that's yes, yeah. That's, yeah, okay, all right. I think I'm it was a separately saying, boy. You know what? I'm, I miss, I miss, yeah, tougher parenting and evidence. Oh, uh, well, you get what? Those yeah. are the things that I miss he, he, in my childhood. I thought it was a little bit more, uh, in depth or in whatever. In depth than that. But I mean, if you listen to his podcast, he, he goes off on shit like that all the time. But yeah, it, any kind of accusation at all could ruin my life, your life. Even, I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is. It, like, if we gain any sort of notoriety. Even, even if they make the accusation and there's headlines, whatever, and then later you're, you're found to be exonerated, you're found to be not guilty, 
Your life's still ruined. There's just a correction. There's, that there's the still going to be 20% of the people that only saw the one headline yeah. that still think that you're a pedophile or whatever it is or rapist or whatever you're being accused of. You know what I mean? So it's like that's really dangerous to believe anybody no matter what. That, yeah. That basically means that, you, that men have no rights. Sort of. And like I posted uh, – the thing where Stormy Daniels was on Kimmel make, and they were talking about Donald Trump's dick. And oh, I, yeah. I posted, imagine if it was a bunch of oh, yeah. men sitting around talking about um, uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Warren's cooter. Yeah. Talking about what it looks like. Same, comparing it to a roast beef sandwich or something. Yeah. And imagine the nuclear outrage. Yeah. If, the- if, we, if that happened. So, yeah. So for the listeners, it's like. What was it on on Jimmy Kimmel's show, the yeah. new moral voice of America, yeah. fucking Mr. Ethical Wizard all of a sudden. Um, and I like Jimmy Kimmel. I loved the man mm-hmm. show. It was great. Titties. It was you know, they were they had, funny. had what's her name, Stormy Daniels talking about making fun of the shape of Donald Trump's penis like publicly on this show and like comparing yeah. it to like specific like having pictures of m- mushrooms and comparing yeah. it. Yeah, imagine if someone did that to Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren's Warren. vagina. On a show, yeah, their career would be over. I had a pretty de- their career would be over. I had a pretty decent discussion with a girl on there, and she was she didn't think you should anybody should be doing that. And then I let her know like, I'm not talking about you, but you know for a fact if if a dude from the 70s that that banged Hillary Clinton was on a talk show with a bunch of dudes talking about how her snatch looked like a horse's mouth reaching for a sugar cube, <laughs> everybody would lose their mind. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he, you would be evil. It would be a different thing. You'd be it's, an evil uh, massage. Remember John pig. Bobbitt? Yeah. Remember how hilarious that was? How he oh, got yeah. his dick cut off? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it for years. Imagine what would happen if a dude cut off a woman's tits <coughs> and threw them in a garbage disposal or whatever. What have you? That would just be like. Just ho- absolute horror. Yeah, but so, she cuts off John Bobbitt's dick, and it's hilarious. It's like, Haha, yeah, she got he got what he deserved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she. I've wanted to do that before too. Taking as a the, woman, taking the power back. Yeah, as a woman, she sure showed him. It's like, no, that's just fucking sociopathic mutilation. No, I want to say, I've been, even in that Facebook thread, I want to say, I think it's fine to make fun of whatever. No, yeah. I think we all know your perspective that <laughs> I want everybody to be made fun of. Free speech is a thing. You know, you can make fun of Donald Trump's penis. You can make fun of Elizabeth Warren's cooter. I would love to make fun of Elizabeth Warren's cooter on Jimmy Kimmel. I keep sending letters and they won't answer. I've been asking her for a puss pic for years. She won't send me one. <laughs> That'd be hilarious if you were actually sending Elizabeth. You'd get arrested. Puss pic, please. <laughs> Let me see them. How about, just, how about just undies? How about softcore? Just give me some of the undies. Dear Senator Warren, I'd like to see your camel toe. Can you at least tell me what kind of undies you're wearing? Or what ones you, ones you normally wear? I think Elizabeth Warren probably goes commando. Really? I think so. You know what I mean? Well, I'd like to see a picture of it. I'd like to see it too. She's not a bad looking woman. Oh, she's a very she's a very pretty woman. You can see that uh, Native American heritage in her. It's high cheekbones. I'd like to see a porn with Donald Trump. Oh boy! And Elizabeth Warren. Oh yeah. Why not? We got Let's reunite the country. Let's bring everybody together. <laughs> something we can all agree on. What do you think Donald's favorite position is? Probably on laying down. And she's on top. 
uh, I would imagine. That's a good question. Should I tweet uh, him and ask him? My knee jerk was missionary. Well, if he's la- as lazy as I think he is, I bet he's never went down on a woman. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. That that. But are we, I know. I guess it depends on the, what phase of his life he was in. Obviously, you know, as a young man, as a young man, he probably wasn't. You know, was, was more wanted to be in in control. And as an older man, he's probably laid back. Probably more of a BJ guy. Yeah, but do you think he's ever went down on a woman though? If you had to guess, if you if he's ever ever eaten pussy, I would say yes. Probably. Do you think it's a regular part of his uh, routine regimen? Like any time he's going, he's going to Sexville. Um, I know because that would expect too much of him. I think probably as a younger, less confident man, he probably went down on him before he became, you know, the self-made billionaire. That he, he just is. no, he just expects the woman to be ready, to, ready to go because yeah. of who he is. Always wearing crotchless. They should just they should just automatically be wet. Well, I mean, I'm, they say they have to. Uh, have extra people on hand anytime he's going somewhere to enter the room to mop up all the vaginal fluid because women do. Yeah, it's a mess. Whenever on he, the sets. whenever he uh, whenever he enters a room, there's so much machismo, so much. And and like when when it's when like a, a cloud of testosterone. And when a female reporter is trying to ask him a question, and they obviously have some disdain for each other. It's like then it's it, d- despite the fact that they're mortal enemies. That is sexual tension, baby. There's there's a mess to be cleaned oh, up. Oh yeah, they're sliding out of their chairs, man. I'm telling. And you. the whole time they're like, "God, I hate him so much." It's like, but I just wanna, I just wanna oh, suck his dick so bad. I want his dick in the back of my throat if it'll reach. Oh, I hate him. I love hate him so much. I know. You ever fuck somebody that you hate? Uh, like I hated them at the time I fucked them. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I'm not sure if I have or not. No, not hate. No, I don't really do the hate thing. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had sex with people that I dislike or. Yeah, I've def- yeah, I've def- no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've definitely done done that. But well, this is here. There's an opportunity. She has something I want. Yeah, or it's just like it's just a physiological thing. It's just like let's let's go through these motions. Yeah, let's feel get better. This, let's get it over with. Maybe maybe we'll find a connection during that. Or, no, no, I was like, I know I won't find a connection. That's <laughs> not what it's about. <laughs> For either of us. Ah, oh, fuck. Any more favorite things? Anything else you can think of? <laughs> That's probably all. Well, we could do a preview of the fights that are going to happen tomorrow. Oh, yeah. But uh, they'll be over with by the time by the time this comes out. But whatever. Who gives a shit? We could talk about the fights. Let me look up the card. There's one fight that I'm familiar with that I've been waiting for, and that is... Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov. Should be Khabib Nurmagomedov, the current lightweight champion, even though he didn't defeat a champion to get the belt, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's the, really weird. Technically. Why did, what? okay, now why did, what's his name get stripped? Tony Ferguson? Why did Ferguson get okay, stripped? Okay, he won the interim title, right? Off of, I can't remember. Aldo? No, he didn't fight Aldo. No, who? I can't remember who he fought for it, but he got stripped because he got hurt. He was supposed to fight Khabib. Him and Khabib have been supposed to fight three different times now, and one of them always gets hurt. Usually, it's Khabib. But Khabib you- actually got pulled one time because he almost died making weight. 
But uh, the main card tomorrow night, it starts off with Michelle Watterson versus Felice Herrig. Those are two very attractive women. So I'm into that. You got the Black Beast Derek Lewis against Alexander Volkov. That should be fun. That'll be good. Ovent St. Pru. They're chewing on something down there. <laughs> Ovent St. Pru. Oh, OSP. I love him. Yeah, he's fun to watch. And he does that awesome uh, Von Flu choke that doesn't look like he's doing anything. I just, the way he fights, he just, he looks kind of sloppy, like he doesn't yeah, know what he's yeah, doing, yeah. but he's actually a highly ranked. He's fighting against Dominic Reyes, who's 9 0. So that would be a good one. The co main event at lightweight, Tony Ferguson against Anthony Pettis. That's going to be a, that'll be a fucking, good fucking fight. That could be fight of the night right there. Very well could be because uh, Tony Ferguson is a fucking animal. And he takes, he, he'll take one, two to give one. I think Ferguson's going to win that, though. I think Ferguson could beat either Khabib or Connor, to be quite honest. What about? Oh, really? I think he could. I'm not saying he, I'm not saying right. he would, but it's, it's just one of those. It's in the cards, yeah. Because he's such a weird fucking fighter. He's long and gangly and he's powerful. He, he does, um, Tenth Planet style jujitsu, uh, which is Eddie Bravo. So he does the rubber guard a lot. Mm-hmm. He he does. It's he's just an awkward fucking dude to fight. He's good everywhere. And then of course the main event is Khabib Nurmagomedov, twenty six and zero. But t- in the UFC it's ten and zero. Ten or twelve, somewhere, somewhere in there. Against Conor McGregor, twenty one and three. Yeah, Conor's been out. Hasn't fought in MMA in two Almost years. Almost two years. His last fight was a boxing match with the greatest defensive boxer of all time, arguably Floyd Mayweather. I think that's... Which... I'm not sure there's really an argument for it. He, he's barely been hit in his life. Which he actually won the first three rounds easy, at least the first three. Yeah, and you could say that... Uh, that um, uh, Floyd was... Carrying him, not carrying him, but like letting him wear himself out a little bit, which he well, might have been. Well, that was the game plan. But he didn't expect to get hit. Connor, Connor landed a couple shots. That uppercut was miraculous. Yeah. I've he, never seen him get hit like that. Other but boxers don't do that to each other. You don't see boxers landing that. It was a fucking Popeye uppercut. <laughs> and he and nailed what was him. funny about it is he went, he, he right nailed Floyd May- Mayweather coming in with a Popeye uppercut. Yeah. Truth. How do you see the fight playing out? Well, Khabib and Connor. How do you see it? If I if I had to if I had to put my chips on on what I think is going to happen, I think um, I think first round is going to be scary for both of them. I think I think I think Khabib's Khabib's going to get hit. He might even get knocked down. He's eventually probably going to get a takedown, and then stay, it's going to stay on the ground for a while. Connor might even be able to. Defend on the ground, maybe even get up. If he can roll with punches, you remember? Um, he, yeah, Connor might get beat up on the ground a little bit in the first round if if he, if Khabib doesn't get knocked out. You remember Chael versus Anderson, the first one? Yeah, Chael Sonnen took him down and kept him down for entire and punched first him a hundred and some times. But Anderson never got hurt. He rolled he, with he, every single shot. He didn't have a mark on him. I know. So yeah, I kind of see. I kind of see that happening. Except Connor's going to, you know, take some ground and pound because Khabib's not knocking people out with his ground and pound. No, he's not finishing he's just, anybody. He's just torturing them. And here's the thing. Khabib doesn't. Uh, he doesn't shoot double legs. You know, he's no, more, he's more of a, a clinch takedown type. A of low guy. single or a clinch takedown. 
he does the thing where he'll grab your ankle, yeah, and just and try to pull you into him. Just grab your leg. In order to do that, to, to in order to get those takedowns, you have to get close, close to Conor McGregor, to close to his left, who hand. has a fucking anvil on his at the end of his left arm. It's not even so much as an anvil. Yes, he punches harder than anybody else in the division, but it's not that accurate. It's the precision. It's the fa- where he hits you and from what angle. And all it takes is one to finish Khabib. And I don't think Khabib, we don't really know what kind of chin he has. He got rocked against Michael Johnson. A little and bit. He got wobbled. Michael Johnson is a good fighter. But that, fight against, that fight against Aya Quinta exposed Khabib. A little bit. He's not unbeatable. This is Al Quinta. Much respect. Al Quinta could beat a, the shit out of me. Oh, he's a good fighter. He made Khabib look. Human. Yeah. And he, he, he didn't finish. He stopped his wrestling. He didn't finish Ally Quinta. He didn't finish. He uh, never finishes. Edson Barbosa. Edson Barbosa is a stand-up striker, and he didn't finish him. Like, he he's, he he's barely not good finished at all on the ground. He finished Michael Johnson just barely. Didn't he RNC him? Let's look up his record. He choked him. He um. No, he um. Uh, he Kimura'd him. Uh, I like the old Kimura. There's an article, Khabib Nurmagomedov is going to fuck Conor McGregor up. But, unless okay. Conor McGregor fucks him up first. But so, yeah, to go <laughs> with my prediction, we didn't get to, didn't get to follow through the first I'm round. Sorry. It's okay. First round. Um, first round is a brawl. Conor's, Conor hits him with his boxing like he does. Khabib gets a takedown. Khabib wallers Conor, ground and pounds the fuck out of him. Conor does a good job defending. Maybe they get back up somehow. The round ends. Second round, um, I think Khabib gets knocked out. Think so? Yeah. Here's think, his, his, I think Khabib's getting knocked out in the second round. All right, he's uh, his he's Khabib's won eight by knockout, eight by submission, and ten by decision. So he has had some knockouts, but yeah, most of them are probably TKO pound outs. But now, the, what about Connor's record? How many knockouts? <laughs> see, this is the you thing. You want to get into that? <laughs> see, this is the thing where. Where people are are kind of are kind of underestimating Connor. Some people are. I mean, every, nobody's underestimating. We all did Connor. it. We all did it against Aldo. Nobody's ever touched Aldo. And within the first five fucking seconds, what do we have? And the thing is, it's like I know that I know that um, Khabib is levels above Connor in the grappling game. He's better than. But Connor's ground game is underrated. It is. He's he, a. I think he's a brown belt. He's extremely just smart. And and he's extremely athletic, and he's able to do things that most people just can't do. Okay, is twenty four? He has twenty four fights, twenty one wins, eighteen by knockout, eighteen of twenty one by KO. That means one by submission and two. by You decision. can't dispute it. And all three of his losses. Khabib's got all these wins by decision. The judge saying he controlled the fight or whatever. All, all three of his uh, losses are by submission. Exactly. That's another X factor. So. Uh, if he can keep, because he, if it goes, when the first two, the first two of his losses were early, early in his career. Yes, the were, only one in his late career was Nate Diaz, which obviously he got humbled. He got humbled a little bit. Eventually, we have to have a rubber match with them. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to. Who who doesn't want to see that? Everybody with a fucking pulse wants to see that. That'd be bigger than this fight. Oh yeah, because. Because it's a tiebreaker. They didn't really do any press for this one. You remember last time they yeah. were doing this whole world tour? They he, didn't need to. Conor McGregor didn't want to. Conor McGregor did the press when he flew from Ireland to Madison, wherever that was. 
and threw a fucking threw a fucking cart through the window. You know that whole thing. But they could, that, that that's selling the tickets. They could have done more press, but they didn't. They didn't need to really. And um, Connor, he wants to win. This he's he doesn't care about money. Of course, he cares about money. But this, mo- this ca- motherfucker's talking shit. This mother- this this guy this, this, threatened my my family. That means something to call you. Don't fuck with it's personal. Yeah, yeah. and also it's personal with uh, Khabib too. Because Connor's saying all talking shit about his family and doing what he does. So it's just it couldn't be more perfect. I mean, it's just it's a perfect it is, it's a perfect storm. They, they couldn't have written it any better. Grappler versus striker, Russia versus Westerner. Ireland. Westerner. We're going to call him USA. He's a um, fucking American. I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's it's Muslim versus you know white Westerner. Catholic it's or whatever Irish. Yeah, are. it's um. Oh, it's just it's just it's, it's just so beautiful. good. It's just so. There's beautiful. nothing even. I mean, the whole card is good. Every one of those fights that I listed are going to be fucking good. You know, well they should be good. Well, you, you never know what's going to be good until it I thought Nganu, happens. I thought Nganu versus Derek Luce <laughs> was going to be good, and it was one of the worst fights I've ever seen. You never know what's going to happen until it actually happens, but on paper, these this should be a banging night of fights, and I'm excited about it, and it's already going to be over by the time you guys hear this, but that doesn't matter to me. We're talking about it now, motherfucker. I've been waiting for years. I think a lot of us have known for years that eventually these this two- is a fucked up matchup for Conor McGregor to face, yeah. to face Khabib. And it's happening. Fantastic. I mean, it's just you can't write this shit. What what is tonight? Is is this is today the fifth? It is. I do not know. There might be some fights we can find tonight. All right, let me look and see here. There's also a whole undercard that we didn't mention. Let's see what those fights are. Okay. Oh, that one got canceled. Sean O'Malley against Jose Quinones. That Sean O'Malley guy's good, but he uh, got a tainted supplement and tested positive for something. And he he swears it's a tainted supplement, and I believe him because he doesn't look like shit. Uh, Sergio Pettis is fighting. Why is nobody doing anything about these fucking supplement companies? It's not that hard. I mean, the U.S. USADA who does their drug testing just take supplements from reputable companies. They have a list on their website, the USADA website of of the uh, supplements that they recommend. And if if they don't buy them, they don't buy them, man. I don't know. The UFC ought to uh, ought to give the fighters the supplements. They say, yeah, we'll provide you with this, and here are the ones. Yeah, that way it's controlled. Fuck. Now I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about it because they get supplement sponsors. Because I do, I do think that that Roy. Somebody who's not roided up having to fight somebody that is roided up is unfair. Yeah, I do I, think that that's. Unfair. I just wish they legalize it and let it. And and they in each bout you have an agreement. Are we going to do? Are we doing steroids or are we not doing steroids? Yeah, but at the same time, I might want to be an MMA fighter, but I don't want to do roids, and that immediately puts me in this awkward position where it's that like I, true. I can either take a handicap or I can do this fucked up drug that's going to hurt me. It's really bad for me, you know. It's not. Yeah, they're not so, bad for you. Yeah, I think they're kind of bad for you. I don't think they are. Not if you do the right ones. If you do uh, testosterone and HDH, which is all you oh. really need, those I don't think those well, are bad. I guess I'm. I guess I. I don't really know because I don't know that much about. Now, there is but some, my my perception is that it's like yeah. fundamentally harmful to your endocrine system to to take. Steroids. If you do the wrong ones, uh, 
There's like the Deanimal and all that shit from the 80s that the weightlifters were using. I just don't like any of that shit. Any of that, anything in a powder from a lab in a powder, yeah. you know, I just, it's not my Creatine's style. good for you, but that's not banned. I just um, like, you know, I'm more like a eat, get, your, eat get, it. Yeah, get your, uh, get your nutrients from the shit that you food eat. Food is the ultimate performance enhancing drug. You know, I mean, I already take all the drugs that I want to take to be I enhanced. Think if, uh, I, don't, I don't need, um, you know what I mean? I think they should, uh, you should get HDH. Like, it, it should be prescribed to everybody just because uh, it'll make everybody better. Like, it's a good thing. Like, HDH? Human growth hormone. It just makes recovery better. Like, and you already make it. Like, you make it in your body, but having a little extra d- dosed in there every now and then. I'm not talking yeah. ridiculous I mean, amounts. That's, it's not something I'm informed about, so I won't I'm not comment. talking about like Mark McGuire or yeah. like a I'm gonna, bodybuilder. I'm going to be brave here and I'm going to say, I don't know anything about that stuff. Well, then you're just an idiot. How dare you not know something? I don't have an opinion. I actually hmm. don't have an opinion. Well,. Fuck a duck. You know I why I don't have you know why I don't have an opinion? Because you're not informed about it. Because I know that I'm not informed about it. That's amazing. That is kind of brave. You so know, brave. Hashtag so brave. You don't hear anybody do that. And I always I'll always say that uh Well, I always say that I don't know things. Like when I don't know something. Instead of jumping and taking a righteous position and, and staking my entire life so on this or that. I know that Kavanaugh is is guilty because I listen to her voice and I believe it. Like well, you must have some special gift because because I, mean, I don't I don't know. One thing I wondered is how they explain the fear of flying thing, where she she's afraid to fly, oh, but she I, flies all over the place. I didn't catch that. Yeah, it's like she didn't want to come to the to the hearing because she has a fear of flying. But she flies for her job or like something. Like she flies a lot. She flies for vacation and stuff, and and all of a sudden she has a fear of flying. Well, she um, had a lot of well, Dutch. She had a lot of. Stress. Stress. And well, I mean, they, maybe that can cause a fear of flying. I don't know. There's some people that can't fly unless they're drunk. Like, they get drunk before that, they fly. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But uh, anyway. But we don't know what happened. We definitely don't. I know. But we, don't know, we do know what's going to happen. Tomorrow night, UFC 29, McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. Fuck yeah. I'm excited about it. I'm pretty yeah. jacked. I mean, I, I've been waiting for this for years. And I will say, I'll add a little bit. For years, I was like, you know, I'm, I've always been kind of a Connor fan. I, re- you know, really re- enjoy the entertainment that he provides and the spectacle that comes. Along oh, and and just him as a martial artist, just it's just so amazing. smooth. It's just amazing what he does. It's beautiful. And then just as a shit talker and a, and just a ridiculous human being, it's hilarious. It's, it's, it's like com- comedy mixed with warfare mixed with who the fuck is that guy? Reality TV. Yeah, it's just it's just fabulous. But um. I did think for for years. I remember like following, kind of following Khabib a little bit, and kind of you know watching his fights, and be like, "Man, this guy's man. This is the guy Conor McGregor doesn't want to fight." And I remember thinking for years. I think if if it happens that Khabib fights Conor, he doesn't want that fight. I think that I've, I for years I've thought, especially once he moved up to one fifty five. For years, I would have been. It's it's like sixty or seventy percent in Khabib's favor that he will win. But for some reason now, now that it's all come to fruition, and and We're I know, I know, they've, I know, they've already weighed in. I've seen more of Connor's history. I've seen the way that they're acting in front of each other, and I saw that Khabib against Ally Aquinta not dominate him the way that he should have dominated him. Now, with it, it changes things for with me. With respect to Khabib, it was only on one day's notice, but still, Ally Aquinta's no slouch. 
you should have mauled him. It shouldn't have even been close. So I was maybe 60-40 could be beating Connor. And today, the day before the fight, I'm 52%, 48% Connor beating Khabib. That's, Ooh, that's pretty close. That's where I feel. I feel like obviously it could go either way. Th- On any given day, one could beat the other. I think if Connor wins, you can't possibly not say he's the greatest light heavyweight of all time. I mean, maybe the greatest fighter of all time. I mean, I'm not making any claim like that, but um, definitely I'm, the biggest money. Maker. If I had to bet my house on it, I'm betting for McGregor just because, just because of the X factor, just because of the energy, just the mental, <laughs> the ability that he has to put his will into the world. It came out of um, Nurmagomedov's Madoff's camp that if he wins, he's retiring. What a he hasn't, have, he hasn't even had a career yet. He's twenty six and zero, but yeah, but but we've only known about him for like six years. Kickboxers will fight like thirty five fights before they even get into K one. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Thirty five, and they're retiring at twenty fights or whatever. It's like, come on. I mean, I get it. It's like obviously, it fucks it fucks with you as a fighter. Like you, but if if he loses, I wonder what he does. <laughs> that's a good question. Go to one seventy. Because he he already cuts down from two hundred pounds. He could fight at one seventy and dominate. That's I think they say. Well, like whenever he's not in fully awesome, amazing shape, he's he's at one. I'd like to one, see two hundred pounds. But once he uh, when he's in camp, he walks probably around at one eighty five, and he cuts down to one fifty five. That's a lot better cut to to cut down to one seventy. I'd like to see Khabib fight Ben Askren. Oh my God. Would that would be I, cute? That would be cute. I would love to see Khabib fight fucking Ben Askren. You ever, how many? How much Ben Askren are you familiar with? I just got familiarized with him in the past week or so. I watched some of his fights. He is a motherfucker. Well, I saw him on Rogan, and yeah. then I went and said, "Oh god, this guy's kind of." I like this guy. Then I went and watched several of his fights, and I was like, "Man, what an what an immaculately just amazingly boring and effective fighter." Uh huh. I didn't. I didn't really find it boring. I enjoyed it. Well, I mean, if, if you don't like, if, if you don't if like, you don't like the, grappling, yeah. If you're not into it, if, if you're, you're just into the striking and the blood, then it's boring. Just bleed, bro, type of guy. Yeah, but just the way he fucking controls those people, yeah, makes them do whatever he it's wants. It's like it's like Khabib, but not. They're like they're like American and Russian versions of each other in a way. In terms, his ground and pound is fucking vicious. He doesn't even punch hard, really. He just it's just relentless. Yeah, it just, just doesn't stop. You can't do anything. Like I can't do anything. God, I would love to see it. I would. Oh, I'd like to. That's I'd, the biggest travesty that I mean. Rogan says it all the time. That's the the biggest missed opportunity was just because him and Dana White couldn't get along. He wouldn't bring him over from Bellator. Yeah, I, that upsets me because I loved watching that. Well, guy that's fight. the thing. That's the thing that makes me. Sometimes I think I respect Dana White, and sometimes I think he's just a total douche. But I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. I like guy. him. I, I think he'd probably be a f- super fun guy to hang out with. Be friends with. But as uh, in terms of his role, I think he's doing a great job making the company successful. I will, yeah. I will say that. But I do think he's – like the way he favors certain people and – you know what I mean? Like you could be a little more tasteful about it. Yeah. Not um, make it obvious that you're up Connor and Ronda Rousey's ass and <laughs> – that you shun certain people because they won't suck your nuts in the right way or whatever. Yeah. They always said uh, on Connor's ascent that they were giving him 
what they call tomato cans to be just favorable matchups. I'm not sure about not that. Not really. I mean, he fought he, his first Max fight, Holloway. Max Holloway is a motherfucker. I think if they fought again, Max Holloway has a pretty good shot. Exactly. Um, Dennis Seaver was no slouch. Um, he's fought Chad Mendez. Yeah, he I mean, was number two. He was ranked number two when they fought. I think or something. He was highly ranked when yeah. they fought, and he didn't. He I think it was two weeks' notice or something. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. They uh, they always say Jose that Aldo. Yeah, well, they well, I mean, I'm talking about the ascent to get to that to get level. to Jose. But like they said that about Ronda too, and I was like, I don't know, man. Just, they just put people in front of her, and she was just so far ahead. But the thing is, is like even if even if the ascent, what they were throwing him to, you know, throwing him puff balls or whatever, you get to Jose Aldo and you knock him out in 13 seconds. Doesn't that shut them up? Sort of, it shuts them up for me. If you ask me, yeah, shut up. Like if you want, I mean, nobody does that. Nobody, nobody knocks out Jose. Nobody, one person's done that. No, nobody else has knocked w- him out, but not like that. Well, one Conor McGregor is the only person that's done that, <laughs> right? Right. But, but nobody else has knocked him out, as far as I can remember. I don't. But he's know had that some history. bad. He had a couple of bad ones against uh, Max Holloway. Max Holloway just outclassed him in every way. Yeah, uh, who Conor beat? Also beat. I'd so. like to. I'd like to see that one again. To be quite honest, uh, Holloway yeah. and McGregor. Yeah, Holloway. He's a big dude. He at, could probably go what, up to what at one fifty-five. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'll watch any of those. He's got a six and eight fight contract. McGregor does. Oh, he's going to be fighting again. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, unless he just says, fuck you, I don't. He's got fuck you money. He doesn't have to. Yeah. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to fight, but he just can't fight anywhere else. That's the only thing. Well, he he doesn't. He doesn't need to fight. Where are you going to go from being, you know, multi. Well, he said in an interview. Multi champion in the UFC. Where are you going to go up from there? He said this is the thing that he wants to do right now. He said. McGregor's not going to fight Bellator. You know what I mean? He's he's being smart about it. He's not doing movies. He's not doing any of that bullshit until after he's done. So there will be no Conor McGregor in a Guy Ritchie movie. You know? Right. After he's done, I'm sure he'll be all over the place. I'd say those eight fights and then. He's out. But that's a lot. That's four years worth of fights if you if you just do two a year. Yeah. And he'll only be... God, how old is he? I think he's only like 28. Something like that. 28, 29. Connor, how old are you? Connor. Connor! Let's see how old this motherfucker is. I want to say 28 or 29, something like that. Let me find it. Jesus Christ. But I think he's kind of in a new era now because before it was all about being the king, you know what I mean, and and proving his greatness. It's like, I feel like he's already kind of done that. Like post Mayweather, post Diaz, I feel like now he's just kind of, he's he's in the same, he's kind of in the same place that Anderson Silva has been at where it's like. He's 30 years old. It doesn't matter. Oh, really? It's like, I can lose. It's like, you know what I mean? I know how to lose. But I can also just, I can just keep fighting. I don't have to prove anything anymore. And so, I don't know how that would affect, how that will affect his game. If he'll be better because he's more relaxed and because he's established himself or if it'll make it harder for him to be hungry. Mike. So he doesn't need the money. 
doesn't need any more glory. He's got all that stuff. He just wants to fight because... I think he wants to... He's addicted to it, just like everyone gets addicted to anything. I think whenever he's done, he wants to be the greatest of all time. I think that's what he wants, and he doesn't want to stick around too long, like Anderson Silva might have. Yeah, he doesn't... Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to... Chuck Liddell. He doesn't want to fight again. He'll never be... He'll never fade away. He'll never just keep fighting and holding on to the dream, I don't think. I think he's... I mean, he almost already retired. Yeah. He was thinking about it. You know what I mean? So... Fuck, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm pretty jacked for it. I never thought I'd... Like, I I only watch WVU football and basketball now. I don't really watch... I mean, I sort of I watch highlights of other games, other people's games. I don't right. watch the NFL at all. I don't watch baseball. The only sport that I watch, and I can watch any level of it. Yeah, like I watch the, like the lowest level on Access TV. Yeah, because <laughs> someday those guys are going to be the ones in UFC. Well, and the fights are still interesting. Yeah, you get two people that are uh, the same skill level. Yeah, or you get some wild card, some neat person in there that's. Might do something you've never seen before. It's the, there's so many possibilities. Shit, we watched this shit last last Saturday, uh, the uh, Bellator mm-hmm. thing. That was great. It was good fights. Yeah. What a time to be alive. It's yeah. It's the only sport I really give a shit about. I mean, I I like you Horse know. Shoes. I wouldn't mind going out and playing some tennis or shooting some basketball, participating. But as far as watching, watching yeah. as a spectator, it's. It's it's MMA, and UFC does have the premium. I mean, the, well, yeah. the quality of UFC. Well, what it is legit. is it it is professional wrestling, except for it's real. There's even all the drama and all the all the theatrics along with it, except for it's not made up. Unless, I mean, unless they're just shit talking, like yeah. in the pre, in the build up, they do um, the UFC embedded little five to ten minute videos that lead up to the fights that show everything that's happening and all the drama and and it's just the most interesting fucking sport yeah, because there's so there's and you get to know these people on a personal yeah. level so it's an individual it's not a team where there's like 40 guys on there and you know you know you know who some of them are and there's all these statistics and it's an amalgamation of all these different dudes on a team it's an individual human being that gets documented you know that you get to watch all these document little mini documentaries about, and you learn, you get to see what they're like, and you see their, you know, they show you little bits and pieces of their life, and you you learn about, and so it becomes kind of personal. It's like I personally know who this person is because of how it's been documented, or you feel like you do, obviously, and that makes it that much more interesting because it's literally a human being, an individual that you feel like you kind of know, yeah. fighting to the death another human being who you know. And have learned about from watching with these different styles. It's just fascinating. It really is. It's absolutely fascinating. It's if you can get past the the gritty, bloody, uh, the brute, the brutality of the whole thing, um, which is less brutal than boxing or football, as far as it really actual is, there's more ways to to win. One and and just less damage that happens. Yeah, football and boxing that, that is just. They're far more damaging. It's head trauma central. In in MMA, you can dive at somebody's leg, get a heel hook. Yeah, you might get they a tap out before you can. You might get anything. a nasty cut, but that's not going to ruin your life. It makes you look sexier. Yeah, 
you might get knocked out, but that's I'd rather get punched once and knocked out than have 10 million micro concussions playing every, football. Every game, every practice, anytime, anytime you're doing a drill and you just you, – you Bump. Just, just a little bump. Little bumps. At Killing this. brain cells. Yeah, every single time. But I, in MMA, it, it takes one shot. You're two, way better off. Yeah, two or three shots, I'm knocked out. I lost 10,000, 10 million brain cells versus one football game. Playing real hard, I lost 40,000, and we played how many of these football games in a season? There's uh, In high school, it's 10, 12 in, in uh, yeah, I'm college, 16. Just trying to paint a picture to quantify yeah. for the listeners. And, and in practices. Case you, in you case just, you don't understand this concept, why football and boxing are far more terrible for human beings than MMA is. And in practices, you're doing the same thing that you do in the games. Yeah. so It's, it's the same. How many practices and games do you have? Five a week. With this f- helmet that gives, and these pads that give you this false sense of protection. So you'll hit it twice as hard. Mm-hmm. And you do that time after time after time again versus an MMA fight where you fight a couple times a year, spar hard a couple times. Yeah, you hardly – a lot of people are stopping sparring. And you're, you're in the ring for a few minutes and maybe you get knocked out. Or you knock the person out. Yeah. You get a choke. A rear naked choke, if the choke is, chokes you completely unconscious – as soon as he lets go, you come back. You're you might lose some brain cells from it, but yeah. it's far better on a, than on a whole par, game of football on par with a with a bad night of drinking. Yeah, there's um, I mean that's why you see so many football players killing themselves. Yeah, because they're they're hurt, their brains are damaged, and they're yeah. like having serious emotional problems. You're saying that's what a lot of what might be going on with Kanye. Like they said that OJ, OJ, oh definitely, definitely. But with Kanye, he was in that terrible car accident. There's a the head wound can change a person. Yeah, like um, uh, Sam Kinison. He was a preacher, and, and when he was a kid, he was from what his brother said, he was a meek little kid, and he got hit by a car when he was a kid and fucked up his brain, and then he became this fucking maniac stand-up comedian. Hmm. And nobody thought that that was going to happen to him. But they say it was probably the uh, the head injury that did it. My my brother, um, the one that passed away, he was a meek guy. He wasn't really outspoken or anything. Then all this fucked up shit happened to him. He was in this terrible car accident. And he became just a weird fucking asshole. <laughs> and so that was probably had something to do with it. Right. And we didn't know that there were things you could do to fix, to help. Nothing's going to fix it. To work on it, yeah. Yeah, like weed helps. CBD yeah. helps. All this other shit helps. Probably there's probably been all kinds of really cool things you could do with um, low doses, you know, micro LS microdosing LSD, yeah, mushrooms, or yeah. I, or um, MD, DMT, or there's all kinds of treatments that that the government knows about, but they well, they're, won't, they're they won't testing, let us have access to it. They're testing um, Molly, whatever the whatever the actual thing mm-hmm. is, ecstasy, but pure ecstasy. When you get an ecstasy, I've never done it, but like that can be mixed with all kinds of different shit and meth. And, mm-hmm. But they're testing uh, Molly on post-traumatic stress people, patients, like soldiers and shit. Right. And they're having a lot of success with it. Mushrooms, too. Mushrooms, too. Psilocybin mushrooms. There's an organization called MAPS that are actually getting government funding to study this shit. So... 20, 30 years probably. Once yeah, it's they get- goddamn 2018. We have fucking drones and co- computer fits on your watch now and everything else. And we still, we're just now getting into the... Remote control dildos. No, these these medicines that people have been using for thousands of years, we can actually 
help people with them instead of making them stigmatizing them and making them illegal. Throwing people in a cage. Yeah. For using them. 2018. We're just now figuring this shit out. It's yeah. pathetic. What are you going to do? You got any umbrage? Um, not, not really. I'm not really feeling very umbrage yeah. either. What do you think? Over two hours, 15 minutes, man. We fucking that was a long one. banged out a for, pretty decent ep. For a two-dude episode. Two, just two bros shooting the shit. That means I was I was talking. <laughs> yeah, I'd say Chuck usually probably pulls 40% of the load as far as talking. More than that. 40, 45. 45, maybe. Yeah. And we're just usually responding to him. But it varies a lot. Making fun of him or <laughs> poking the bear, if you will. What song should we go out on? I think. Oh, I've got well, I got that one that I suggested we come in on. Yeah, do that. I'll turn you up. Um, if I can find it. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, you bunch of queers. Um, go to Cardinal Island Farms. Got dot com. I think that uh, website's about to be over. Okay, well, just find John on find Facebook. me on Facebook. Cardinal Island Farms on Facebook. Get a hold of him and get you some pork. Fuck yes. Thanks for listening. Praise Jesus. This has been episode 179 of the three-time West Virginia Podcasters Association Podcast of the Year. Go fuck yourselves. Fuck yourselves.